Hi everyone, the following podcast was a special roundtable discussion that I conducted with my guests Ryan Lewis, Jamie Jenkins, Bo Ransdell and Mark Ball a couple of weeks ago. Um, during the recording of this episode, Ryan's Skype was... Uh, well, they had quite a lot of interference, so his participation, unfortunately, was intermittent during the recording. Um, I hope you enjoy anyway. I think the discussion turned out really well, and Ryan will be appearing on our upcoming episode of the podcast, Under the Stairs, so I'll get a proper chance to chat to him then. But until then, enjoy this very first special, Podcast Under the Stairs presents Roundtable Discussion. The podcast Under the Stairs will feature movie spoilers and language which most listeners will find offensive. to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to this very special edition of the podcast Under the Stairs. This um, is an idea that I've had uh, for a couple of months now. It's finally kind of come together, almost like the the Avengers came together. This is like a, a super group so to speak, um, of horror podcasters that we have on the show today for the first ever podcast under the stairs roundtable discussion. This is a kind of bonus segment that I'm going to try and do um, every every two months to three months. And the plan is to get podcasters from the horror community, as many different ones as I can get, on the show to discuss a topic which... I've picked this uh, this one, the first one, um, but hopefully the plan is that what we will do is we will um, put it out to the Facebook page or maybe even go to the League page and see if we can um, get suggestions of what we can discuss there. Uh, so without any further ado, allow me to introduce some of my guests on the show with me today. So we have... Um, a man that I get to chat to every single Wednesday night on the Midnight Horror Show. Let me allow uh, the chance to opportunity to introduce you to the fantastic Mark Ball. How are you doing, Mark? Good. Happy Saturday morning to all of you. It's almost noon here. It's like yeah, well, it's it's close to it's close to bedtime here, so <clears throat> it's still coffee time, but not drinking time just yet. <laughs> That's those awkward hours, awkward hours, man, between <laughs> when it's acceptable to drink coffee and when it's acceptable to drink alcohol. The, hour, um, the hours actually get shit done. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, you are on the Midnight Horror Show. Um, you've been on the show before, uh, but what we would like to do is give you an opportunity to promote that show right at the start of this podcast. So, where can people find your show? Well, we broadcast live every Wednesday night at 7 Eastern time on a website called allradiox.com. Um, there's a couple other horror uh, shows on that network, but I think, uh, well, I'm biased, but I think we're the best. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we take kind of a different approach. We're really more about like making, a, making it an entertaining show rather than being like super informative, I think largely because we're fucking retarded over there and super lazy. <laughs> but... 
I, it's uh, it's definitely a show you should check out because I, I don't think there's like a lot of other shows like us out there. Um, uh, we get kind of dark sometimes, so if you're easily <laughs> offended, it might not be the show for you. But uh, yeah, um, you can download the shows on iTunes as well. We're at uh, midnighthorrorshow.podomatic.com. Fantastic, fantastic. Yes, and I can attest to everything he's just said. Sometimes things get a bit dark, and I, 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 I sometimes, when the podcast finishes, I pray for your souls to be saved um, because you're all going to hell. It's you're not all going to hell. good. You, you don't waste your time, dude. <laughs> Uh, my second guest has been on the show more times than any other guest. In fact, uh, I think she, um, a while ago, uh, bypassed my uh, former co-host in terms of how many shows she's actually been on. Of course, I've given it away by saying she is, of course, the fantastic Jamie Jenkins from Devour the Podcast, Liking It Podcast, The Skeleton Crew, and Evil Episodes. How are you doing, Jamie? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Duncan. I'm excited to be here. Yes, so um, you, you've like many podcasts, involve a lot of things. I am so happy that you've been afforded the time from your busy schedule to join us on this special roundtable discussion. This is going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun, and I always make time for you, so that's oh, never see. a problem. See, this is why you're my favourite podcaster. <laughs> I know, that's why I say things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm doing. <laughs> So, no, seriously though. I mean, you know, anytime I'm doing anything, all you have to do is mention it and I'll drop I'll drop it because I just love talking to you. And Aww. this is super exciting because I'm surrounded by some really amazing podcasters, so it's going to be an amazing conversation. Yeah. Now we're now we're talking, Jamie. So, you are on like I said, four shows. Um how can people check out those shows? Uh well, let's see. Uh, Devour the Podcast can be found at the League of Extraordinary Podcasts, and then Evil Episodes, Liken It, and uh, The Skeleton Crew can be found on Horrorphilia. Evil Episodes can also be found on the League of Extraordinary Podcasts. And uh, Evil Episodes is the one show that I do that doesn't really center around films. It's uh, horror on television, so we talk about horror TV shows. So if you like um, you know, things like Bates Motel or liked Dexter, things like that. That's what we get into. And I look forward to joining you, hopefully, in your next episode. I think that's... Yes! A, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that, because I've only ever spoken to Mike once, and I've never spoken to Brian yet, so that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be very exciting. We're all looking forward to that. Yes. And my uh, third guest, is, uh, he hosts a show, um, which is one of my favourite podcasts. I, I, I mention it quite a lot on my show, just because I think it's... It's the manliest podcast out there. It's, it's men talking about things that are important to men in a manly fashion. And when I listen to it, I sit in a, a leather-bound armchair and smoke a gentleman's pipe. Um, although, gentleman's pipe could be used as a euphemism for something else, so I'll change that to a cigar. Um, as, of course... Because <laughs> that's better, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. much better, right. <laughs> Don't mock me. Is of course, Ryan Lewis from Grave Chef Radio. How are you doing, Ryan? Oh, brother, I'm so glad to be here right now. It's about time, I'll say that much. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. This is, like you say, about time. We've been conversing for quite a while now, and um, we keep batting ideas of things we could possibly do, and I'm just glad that we've had an opportunity to chat, obviously, on this show, and going forward, like you were saying off here, hopefully 
there'll be uh, well you're definitely always welcome on the podcast under the stairs and hopefully I might I might be able to make a, a small appearance on the show they call Grave Shift oh it certainly will happen brother it'll happen excellent excellent how can people check out your show well, you could check out uh, Graveshift Radio on the League of Extraordinary podcast. Also, it's on uh, devilseyes.com and knowyourhorror.com. It's all on those three areas right there. And I actually also just recently started doing the uh, Know Your Horror podcast as well with Vincent Paul, formerly of Rabbit and Red. So, and that's on that page. And so there you go. Fantastic, fantastic. Which leads me to my final guest. Um, it's a man that I am now uh, kind of tied to every fortnight with a podcast, for better or worse. <laughs> um, he's also on the the podcast and on Grave Shift Radio. How are you doing, Bo Ransdell? I, I'm doing great. This is uh, it, it's funny because I feel like. I don't even need to be here. Like every podcast I am associated with is represented here already. <laughs> and, and and probably better. Uh so uh yeah. Uh you can listen to all the stuff I do all those places except for the uh uh Duncan and Bo come correct uh which is the fortnightly podcast you mentioned. Yeah. Fortnightly. Fortnightly. Um yeah, and so uh, that is available on uh, iTunes and League of Extraordinary Podcasts, as well as uh, uh, dbccpodcast.com. Yeah, you can go there. And I'll actually, I think I'm going to be throwing up a review of Willow Creek on there sometime this weekend. Kind of looking forward to that, because that one's had, um, that one's been getting punted around for quite a while. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what Bobcat can bring to the found footage genre. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting watch for sure, and uh, but anyway, I won't spoil it because you guys should totally watch that movie. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm happy to be here, happy to be talking to uh, people I talk to all the goddamn time, uh, except for Mark. <laughs> uh, so, so Mark, I'm going to be focused on you because I know the rest of these assholes. <laughs> Sweet, get some bow time. That's right. Let's, let's make something happen. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm excited uh, because. Uh, we, we, you know, we're talking about, about uh, a subject that is somewhat controversial, I think. It is, it is especially if you're a horror fan, I think. Um, and uh, we're going to keep people in suspense just now. What we're going to do is we're going to take a very quick break. Um, and when we come back, we are going to unveil what our topic is. Um, I've already posted it on Facebook, so people should know. But for those that... Well, those that haven't checked the title of the podcast either, because <laughs> um, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be written there. Um, but those that are too lazy to do that, um, you will be finding what that topic is coming up. And uh, yeah, we're going to be right back after this break. And welcome back to this very special first ever roundtable discussion presented by the podcast Under the Stairs. I am joined by Bo, 
Jamie, Mark and Ryan and I can now tell you the topic of discussion is horror remakes and reboots, the good, the bad and the unnecessary. So, this, um, as Bo just said in the previous section there, this is one of these topics, uh, especially now where horror seems to be getting its unfair share of uh, remakes and reboots. Um, It's obviously because the fans of this particular genre are very passionate and we like to support um, our horror movies when they make their way to the cinema. Uh, Well, some of us do. Um, And it's got to that stage now that basically it's cheaper for Hollywood and it, you know, in terms of how to to put a film out, market and all the rest to deal with characters that we already know than it is necessarily trying to generate new ones. Um, that's not to say that they've completely lost sight of what happens, but, you know, just in general, things are a bit uh, iffy with it. But um, what I thought we'd start with um, is we'd actually start with the good. We'll start off quite positive here. Um, and so what I'll do is I'll go around us all and I, I've got a sneaky suspicion we'll probably all have... I, I imagine if we all had an imaginary list of five films which we consider to be the best horror remakes ever, I would imagine that there won't be that much separating them. Um, we all tend to be, especially if you're like a, a, a proper genre f- um, follower in terms of horror, we all have these sort of ideas and things. But what I'll do is I'll start with, with you, Jamie. Um, what's your favourite horror remake? Actually, that that's kind of a tough question for me because there are several that I do really love. I and mean, if we're talking um, just, I guess that depends on whether or not we're talking like what I consider the remakes that are, you know, like uh, wholesome remakes, you know, remakes that, that were made from a very pure place versus this whole spate of remakes that we've gone through in the last several years. I would have to say The Thing mm-hmm. is um, f- far and away um, – probably my favorite and one that I feel was really not only necessary, but, but from a really good place. Yeah. And so, and it it was, it was pure of heart. And I think that it shows. Yeah. I mean, John Carpenter famously said that, um, that was the film that was one of his first early memories of a film, the original one anyway, from the fifties that actually gave him nightmares. It scared the shit out of him. And I, I mean, you can tell, to an extent that when he went on to make make his version of it, um, he was trying to bring as much of that to the plate as well as changing it. You know, ch- changing the, this is. I think this is the where. I mean, right off the bat, I would say that the be- in my opinion, the best horror remakes are the ones where the director tries to not just update the story but input something different into the story. Mm-hmm. So um, the thing remake is, you know, it's similar an extent to the one that came in the 50s and that shares the same name and a similar premise but the execution is completely different mm-hmm. yeah like the fly is right there too um and that's and those are both made by established and that's another difference i think we have the, from the later ones is that these are those were both made by established directors who they i mean we already know what they had to bring and they were doing what they were doing. It's not like they came up with the idea to do a remake and then grabbed a, a director from music videos and said, yeah. here, make this. This was like a passion project. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, 
we'll jump to Ryan. Ryan, I mean, like Jamie's hit out with what I would argue on my list would be the the, the two that compete as my favourite remakes is the fly and the thing. Um, is that a sentiment shared by you? Is there any other ones um, that you have that you think are you know up there along beside those ones? Well, literally, The Fly was going to be my choice as my pinnacle and followed very closely by The Thing. But if I'm going to name another one, I would say it's a more recent one with a maniac. Oh, yeah. That film, everything about it is right. And you could tell the people behind it actually really cared about what they were doing and trying to make a film that was, I don't know, as good as humanly possible. And you could just feel that watching it. Definitely, definitely. I, I think um, once again, it's, it's coming back to this: the directors have taken an aspect of the original one, but put a different slant on it. You know, right. whether it's a, a change of location or the fact it's fully shot POV. Which generally, if you if you if, if me and you were having a conversation on the street and you said to me, "Oh, I saw this trailer for the the Maniac remake," the first thing that would probably happen is that the eyes would roll in the head for me. But oh, here we go, another remake. Mm. And then if you'd said to me, it's, uh, "You know, it's almost purely shot POV," I'd be like, "Oh, here comes the gimmick." <laughs> um, <laughs> but then you watch it and you just go, "This is fucking amazing! How how is this so good? We're just used to not getting remakes of." There's very few remakes of a, a necessarily high quality that when you get that, it's like, um, it just validates everything. I think last year, my top five films, two of which were remakes, which in previous years has never happened before. So, uh, yeah, and like, like yourself, I, I, the thing and the fly for me will are constantly competing for my horror remake i mean you could ask me on a monday what my favorite is and i would say the thing Mm -hmm. by the wednesday it might be the fly um because i think they're so closely kind of they run so closely together even though they're completely different films right um yeah and i mean like, like you say maniac is just one of those ones that you know it hits you and you're just everything seems to work which is uh, unusual. Um, uh, yeah, 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 that's cool. Uh, Bo. Yes. Right, you you um, are probably going to sh- share some of the same sentiments that <laughs> we have. I stole his answer. You, st- you, stole his- <laughs> you stole everyone's answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go go for it, Bo. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously the thing is maybe my favorite movie of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that is... A- a, a remake that, uh, you know, as has been said, w- was made with uh, with good intent, but it it's also just a masterclass in how you make a film just exude paranoia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, The Fly is amazing. Ryan mentioning uh, Maniac. That's a, a really, really strong remake that we've seen uh, in recent years. I liked uh, The Evil Dead just fine. I, I thought yeah. that was a, a movie that had a different set of goals than the original and achieved them mm-hmm. um so yeah my head has kind of turned around on remakes in recent years uh, i used to have a, a knee-jerk reaction where i immediately looked at a remake as being you know uh, ill-advised if not uh a little bit offensive yeah and i think as i've gotten older i've realized that it it truly is all about intent and you know we'll get into the garbage portion of remakes (laughs) but uh, you know there are plenty of directors out there and and writers that 
look at remakes as an opportunity to do or say something different mm-hmm. uh, using the same kind of material. It's, I mean, it's the same reason you have like Grimm's fairy tales and you also have Disney interpretations of those. Yes. Uh, they're, they're the same story basically, but there's enough spin on it that it's, it's a different animal. Mm-hmm. And and that's really all I'm looking for out of a remake is not to just regurgitate what the previous film did and and bank on nostalgia to be mm-hmm. a, a successful film. Uh, and I, I kind of felt that way about the Fright Night remake, which I I, I didn't love as much as the original uh, original Fright Night certainly, but I thought that movie was was just fine. You know, I thought mm-hmm. that it did. Uh, uh, plenty right even though i've got my problems with it um but it was still uh, it, it was a remake that i didn't feel was unjustified and and it didn't shit on the original property yeah, yeah i'm glad yeah. you brought that up because i mean well we covered you were with us when we covered that on devour right weren't you or was that yeah, before you? yeah yeah no, no, okay no. see oh, and sorry. i thought i remembered that you liked it as well so i mean that also made my list of of good remakes because i didn't you know I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was bad. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, Colin Farrell made a great Jerry Dandridge. Um, I th- thought uh, Tony Collette was really good in it. Um, my biggest problem with that movie is I, I like David Tennant a whole lot, and I didn't think that character was great. But, you know, Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent is one of my favorite characters in all of horror cinema. So it's hard for me to, uh, you know, take a new uh you know peter vincent character and and be kind of wowed by it um so i felt like that was kind of the weak link which was a shame but uh overall you know very enjoyable and uh so yeah uh, you know but the, the larger point being i just don't get pissed off at remakes like i used to mm-hmm. you know if i hear one announced like when when they announced carrie uh i was kind of okay with that yeah you know? yeah um, and then I saw the movie. That's. Uh-oh. I think we're, we're we're calling in Ryan just now because uh, Ryan has <laughs> been lost from the call. So I think we're calling him in. <laughs> this actually feels like I'm on a radio show now. Like, you know, like, and we're just calling uh, Ryan into the show just now, and uh... <laughs> that actually scared me because I had just hit a button and I was like, "Oh shit, what did I do?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is not available. Oh. He has the coolest, coolest voicemail ever. In fact, I insist. When the last time I did so, I ate his liver with some clava beans. Oh, amazing. That's Stephen. Yeah. Please, leave your name and number and beep. the tone please record oh, your message. message when you have finished recording you may hang up or press one for more options ryan you have the coolest voicemail ever i just wanted to let you know that <laughs> this is absolutely fucking amazing and you sir rock and i'm gonna try and call you again <laughs> right. actually i'm looking at him right now he oh no we left uh, let's see let's see oh that was i guess because that picked up never mind <clears throat> right so what we'll do is we will uh, we will bring in uh, Mark and we'll ask Mark and I'll still try to get Ryan in the call. I'm so here. Mark, all oh, right, here's the Hi, Ryan. You've got the coolest voicemail ever. 
Like, seriously, coolest voicemail ever. Oh, is that Lecter? Yeah, it's been a while since yeah. I listened to that. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Awesome. Puts mine to shame. I've got, mm-hmm. um, I've got, uh, oh, Patrick Bateman leaving right. a voicemail. You know how the voicemail leaves in the, the actual film where he's like, you know, it's, it's Paul being called away to London for a few days. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Meredith, if that's you, hasta la vista, baby. Um, that's the one I've got, uh, and I don't think I've ever changed it. And they met people that leave me voicemails saying, Duncan, is that you? Uh, it's just some guy, Paul, is on your <laughs> I'm like, really? Come on. Work with, work with lo- me, people. I love your impression of a Welsh doing doing an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best, Jamie. Accents, accents are not my forte, I'm afraid. Uh, damn this Scottish tongue. Um, <laughs> right, Mark, um, we're going to bring you in now. Uh, obviously, some heavy hitters already mentioned. I dare say Thunder has been stolen. Um, but keeping that in mind, uh, good horror remakes. Uh, do you have any you wish to add to the conversation? Or just in general, maybe do you have a different take on some of the ones that have been mentioned? I I think I feel the same way. Like obviously, the thing is one of my like you know not just favorite remakes, but favorite movies of all, all time. Um, one that I don't think anybody's mentioned, and I don't know if everyone's gonna agree with this necessarily, is I really like the Hills Have Eyes remake. I feel like it's like it's just faithful enough to the old one, but like different enough that it doesn't seem like a shot for shot kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then there's like this whole third act where they take things way further and like just a lot of ideas where I think like fleshed out just a little bit more. And like the old Hills Have Eyes, I, th- I feel like it's kind of it's a little lacking on the gore. Like it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember it's like it's it's not a full on like, you know, Gonzo fucking gore fest like the remake kind of turns into. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I just I, I, I like that idea when if you're gonna remake a good movie, basically, like you had better like bring some more material to the table to keep it interesting. Because I've, I, you know, we'll get into the bad, but like shot for shot remakes, I, I just don't see the point. Yeah, um, that's interesting. You should bring up Hills Have Eyes. That's one that I don't like. Um, not because it's a remake. I just don't like the film. I don't like the fact that it's like it's just it's a freak out i mean there's so many crazy freaks i mean just and it just goes beyond what i would i don't know what i would to me it's just like so right now you're saying to yourself like i can't believe we brought this asshole with this horrible (laughs) no no no. um i don't don't like the style either i think that there's a lot of in the filmmaking itself of the old have eyes remake there's a lot of quick cuts and shakiness and i just don't like the the style of the film i think i saw it once um and i can't quite remember generally i'm a bit concerned if i can't remember my opinion on a film um because that's usually a negative aspect but uh i genuinely can't remember much about it at all and i i do really enjoy the originals so i don't know if this is me trying to suppress a memory of it Mm -hmm. but why do you like it um mark I, I don't know. I, it's it's a really fucking intense movie. I remember coming out of the theater feeling a little bit shell shocked, but at the same time, just like really satisfied. Like I feel like you get a lot of bang for your buck in this movie. Like mm. it's got it's got some pretty crazy like creature effects. Like I think K and B did all of the uh, all of the mutants and whatnot. And it's got a yeah 
great shotgun to the head as well. One of the best yeah. I've ever seen on film. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it it just go goes it. places that I don't think the original quite did. Like it's like I say, it just it it basically turns into like the in the third act just a Gonzo gore fest, which uh, you know works sometimes for me, but not all the time. In this case, it definitely works. I think. I mean, it, here's here's another aspect as well in terms of of kind of horror remakes. It might work on the good side. Um, it depends who you speak to, obviously. But we we have an influx of um, Americanized remakes of foreign horror films. So mm-hmm. uh, you remember we went through that whole J horror thing in the early two thousands, where it was pretty much. Every month there was another film which was being discovered from Japan, which was then, you know, getting some sort of um, DVD release or, or, or whatnot. And then all of a sudden the remakes started coming. So we, we have obviously Ringu became The Ring, which is not a terrible remake. Um, I, I, I think they, they do a lot better in terms of trying to actually give it a more coherent, um, narrative. I think the the original Ring itself, the Ringu, sorry, the the Japanese one. Um, there are sections of that film which are very Japanese, if you know what I mean. I know obviously it's a Japanese film, but in that the narrative doesn't necessarily have to make sense from a cultural point of view. Um, you get things like Juon, uh, uh, which becomes a grudge, um, Pulse as well. Um, that these films come across as well, and some of them work, I think, well. Um, some of them not so well and I dare say when we get to the bad ones that's where things will kick up but um, I mean obviously there's a there's a reason behind them getting American remakes it's to try and bit, bring in a bigger audience um, because not a lot of people will watch a film with subtitles which is fair enough I mean I would never you know some people just want to be able to put a film on and relax even if it is a horror film um, what's your take Jamie on um, American remakes of foreign horror films, when do, what can you think of any examples out? Maybe even including or out with what I mentioned, which you think actually work. Well, it's interesting you should bring that up because I actually had in my notes that I was going to ask, I was going to pose this question to everyone if you even consider those um, as you know proper remakes in the in the normal sense of the word, or are they just translations and? Because when I'm when I'm thinking or discussing remakes, they don't often pop to mind, because mm-hmm. to me it's just sort of like a cultural translation of a different movie. I I personally think The Grudge worked really well. I mm-hmm. loved that film. When I saw it in the theater, it messed me up. I thought it was really scary. <laughs> um, and I know that um, a lot of people don't agree with that. A lot of people prefer The Ring over The Grudge. I happen to prefer The Grudge over The Ring. I didn't particularly get anything from the American version of The Ring. I think that One Missed Call is is one that was bad. I didn't particularly care for the Pulse remake at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I mean, to me, they're just, that's a complete, in, in my point of view, that's just a completely different, uh, they fall into a different category because yeah. it's it's a cultural thing. So. I've got I've got a list of um, obviously this show this this roundtable discussion is precursor to ten weeks on the podcast under the stairs of the ten best and worst horror remakes ever and I deliberately discounted all the foreign mm-hmm. you know ones that had been kind of re- reinterpreted um, 
an English or you know American or whatnot for for that very reason that I was kind of iffy, but and doing research for the show time and time again they're included, and I I think I, I think I, I it might just be that where the story's changed that that maybe where it constitutes a remake you know if it was shot for shot I don't I don't know how people put on it because obviously we're talking about the ring and Ringu there if you watch um, there's there's noticeable changes between the age of the the antagonist in the ring so in the the American one she's a little girl and the Japanese one she's I think she's a high school student um, and for for whatever reason someone has made a conscientious decision to change that in the American remake um, now that that's quite interesting to me because when we talk about reboots or reimaginings of things is basically someone taking the the myth of a character or the mythos of a character and putting it in such a way where we're getting the same sort of background to the character but we're taking it in a different direction like for example modern example out with horror uh, would be the difference between the Raimi Spider-Man films and the the Amazing Spider-Man films so we get essentially we know who the character is we get a slightly different backstory and as such we that character moves on in a different trajectory um so if we're we're talking about that i don't know how we constitute a remake in terms of those sort of things because let the right one in is a great example of mm-hmm. of an original film where the remake is very very close um to the you know the original they don't change that much in that film um so would we class that as a reinterpretation or would we class it as you know a, a remake a reboot I think Quarantine and Wreck uh, is another good example, mm-hmm. whereas in that one, Wreck is a is an amazing film that I think stands alone perfectly. I don't I don't think it required having an Americanized version of it. But when they did Quarantine, it was I guess not just a not you know it wasn't simply a language thing. There were things in Wreck that I guess felt wouldn't they felt wouldn't necessarily play to an American audience, like maybe the um the heaviness of Catholicism in there, whereas in Spain, it's uh, it would be more acceptable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Continue, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, um, and uh, but over here, the the that particular angle, the heavy religious angle, might not hit on the same notes. So when yeah. they did that, they took more of a scientific angle and actually flat out called it a form of rabies. So. Um, that I think was, was definitely a like a cultural translation, but like with the Grudge, I mean, same director, you know, took his his film and then made an American version of of that film. So I guess that one could be considered a remake because it's the same, or well, I don't know, maybe that's a translation too. The same director is like, I'm gonna translate this for an American audience. See, I don't, they, they're they're iffy for me. That's yeah, as, <laughs> because as, as they're as made a, with different creative. intentions. Yeah, there's a there's a grey area there. Um, uh, I don't I, know. Bo. Yeah, I I tend not to make that distinction. Uh, I think they're all remakes, really, because at their heart, even if you're translating for an American audience, you're still remaking the original product. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I would agree that a movie like uh, Let Me In versus Let the Right One In, I I think they're very close, and I I would even argue let me in is a really good adaptation of uh, the source material not not as good as the original film but but mm-hmm. stands on its own pretty well 
So yeah, I uh, yeah I, I still would characterize all of those as remakes, regardless. You know, and I, I See, don't I get know. that too. <laughs> what, a, yeah, what about I, a movie like We Are What We Are? I oh, yeah, one. I would call that a remake as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it's like the same basic kind of structure and you know, like story kind of, but. Almost everything about it, like the, you know, the sex of the characters, the setting, like all that shit is just like completely reversed kind of. Right. But but you, that's sort of the argument of the thing, you know, it that's a remake of the 1950s Howard Hawks film. Or you could even say it's, you know, a more direct adaptation of who goes there. But mm-hmm. but it's still two films sharing the, the same title, regardless of what that interpretation is, you know? Um, and the fly is the same way. I mean, the fly is kind of a cheesy B movie and Cronenberg elevated the material. Certainly. I'm, I'm not saying that we are what we are. Uh, either version is necessarily better than the other. I think they both have really strong points on both ends, but, um, yeah, I, I still think that's a remake for sure. I've never, I've never actually seen the original of that, but I really like the American version. Uh, but, uh, yeah. but uh, Duncan and I both did, we did we did that gushed on... over it didn't we <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was kind of messy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> um, but what what about you um, Ryan I, I mean we're talking about the we're talking obviously about what we I mean this obviously expands the debate out because we're we're, we're now talking about what would constitute a, a remake um, and we're obviously saying things like foreign films that have been remade in American you know so, some of them well, maybe some or all of them are remakes some of them are reinterpretations or I mean how, how would you look at something like that uh, you know it's it's really he's banished <laughs> he got almost two words out though. <laughs> oh man, that's it. So, so how how about those readers? Eh, Great game last night. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know who the readers are. Um, <laughs> so... That's Oakland. That's Dave. Dave's team. Dave uh, Anders. Yeah. All Are right. From Oakland. Yeah, he is, but if he he doesn't give a shit about sports, so. <laughs> well, obviously. But uh, Merriman cool Merriman's from the same general area, so uh, but he's an A's fan, so and I don't yeah. know he never talks about the Raiders, but um, I know that he's a big baseball fan. I don't know if he pays attention to any other sports. I I only follow sports close enough to humor my friends that do actually follow sports, like just so if we have nothing else to fucking talk about, at least there's that. Like, I kind of know who won the game last night type of thing. I don't follow any. Because <laughs> <laughs> generally the Scots aren't very good at any of them, so there's no point. <laughs> it's, uh, it would be a, an exercise in futility. Sport? I, well, I think I think they do. I just don't think you get awarded for it. <laughs> well, you get an award. <laughs> right, so, Bo, we'll yes. continue on from, from what you were saying then, that, you know, you don't make the distinction between... What what we would say is a reinterpretation in terms of foreign language. Um, so keeping that in mind, do you have like a favorite film which has been reinterpreted or remade in the American 
Um, I was going to say the American language, which is basically English, which is my language. Um, That's but do you have a Well, whoa, hey. Yeah. We, sp- we, spell fav- we spell favourite the correct way with a U. Um, so there you go. <laughs> we don't substitute the letter S for the letter Z. I mean, I don't know what that's about. You guys, your, <laughs> your, your prizes we just, and stuff like that. You know, we feel like the letter Z is underused, and so we want to <laughs> give it some attention, that's all. Should be used for zebra, and that is all. Um, <laughs> the fact that you never, say zebra is a whole nother thing. What, what do you guys say? <laughs> zebra. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's vitamins, not vitamins, and it's Schedule aluminium. It's aluminium, not aluminum. Oh, good luck with that one, dude. That actually comes up on the next devour. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> I must, I'm must. i just stealing it. I, I, I presume he'll leave it in. He'll not leave it and he hates me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm only joking. Well, maybe he does. I don't know. Uh, right. So, Bo. Yeah, yes. We were saying, yep. Yeah, question I basically asked you, um, you know, do you have a favourite film that has been kind of reinterpreted into english from you know from a foreign language obviously and uh if so why well i i do like the grudge quite a bit uh mm-hmm. and I, I think that is um more uh, a factor of me having seen that prior to seeing juan uh-huh. so i and and the, the films are so similar that you know by the time i got to the original juan it felt like okay i've you know kind of seen this movie for the most part um but as far as a favorite goes maybe that one in turn uh, i do like let me in quite a bit uh i think that's a really strong movie um and if there had not been a let the right one in to compare it against it it would be a really really good movie and probably one of my favorites Mm-hmm. Um, as, as it stands, though, it's just, you know, it's in the shadow of such a great movie. Um, so, yeah, and, and that's also sort of the danger of doing that, I suppose. I mean, anytime you're doing a remake or reinterpretation, you're inviting comparison. And yeah. like like Mark was saying, you know, you've really got to be bringing something to the table that the original doesn't if you want to satisfy those people who are watching this remake because they liked the original so much. Um, and I think that's tough, but, and, and also I don't believe that factors into the decision-making all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think a lot of times remakes are more about name recognition as opposed to the value of the film. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I, I do. I, I do enjoy those American translations of foreign films, but I'm also not one of those people that gets upset about reading subtitles. So, you know, I do generally prefer the, the original material. Uh, you know, I know they've been kind of uh, bouncing around a, a remake of Martyrs for some time. Yeah. And, and that's one of the few, I mean, we'll talk about unnecessary remakes later, but that's one of those that I feel is really dangerous to try to attempt a remake of. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've got, I've got more in theory on that, um, but like you say, we'll 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 talk about that under the unnecessary tag. Um, but yeah, I've got a specific kind of point of view on you know why I think it's almost to an extent doomed to fail straight from the start. But um, I mean, uh, right? Well, there there. If I put this out to all three of you, then 
because um, Ryan's in limbo at the moment. Um, if I put this at all threes, can you think then, we're talking about obviously the good examples, um, do you have a favourite, well not favourite, but do you have one that you think, like Mark was saying earlier on, he really enjoyed the Hills of Eyes remake, do you like one, and I know what Jamie's one is before I even finish my sentence, but um, <laughs> do you have one that you generally like that the general horror community dislike? And might as well start with you, Jamie, because this is one that I think I can't, I can't get behind on this one. But I'll, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the opportunity to say it. <laughs> you know, I knew what the question was going to be just by the fact that you mentioned that, because um, that I think for anyone who's listened to any of my shows knows exactly <laughs> what you're referring to there. Yeah. And it's A Nightmare on Elm Street. And yeah, I do genuinely enjoy that remake. Um, and Inexplicably. I mean, I'd, I'd, I think the thing was that I went to see it in the cinema um, and I think what... I think this is, the, the problem is that because we've grown up with the films, we... and especially if you've attached yourself to that franchise, um, like, I mean, it's one of the, what we would class as the big four of the 80s in terms of, like, franchises, and you attach yourself to that, you kind of cling on with dear life, and then you hear it's been remade, and you go and see it. I, I mean, if I had never seen Nightmare on Elm Street or didn't know anything about it and went to see that at the cinema, I could see why people would find it scary or, you know, enjoy the, the bits they've done. I didn't necessarily enjoy it, and I don't know how much of that is me being set in my ways about how I think it should have been, and then getting something which was different. Um, I, I imagine that if I could disassociate myself from it, um, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more in the viewing. But, I, I mean, that's not even one of my favourite franchises either, but I still, I still found myself getting quite, you know annoyed by it um but i mean i i listened to your defense of it jamie and everything you said was valid points and you openly um kind of put your hand up and say you know it doesn't work on this level and it doesn't work on this level but it did give me it did scare me in bits and it did do this and it did do that which is the aim of any horror film you know so i mean i can see where you're coming from i just didn't have the same experience well, and that's totally understandable. I don't expect everyone to agree with me on that, but I, um, I can't. I also can't discount it. If I think a film was successful, then you know I just do. And and even if it is a remake of something that is so beloved within the horror community, um, I'm not really tied to that franchise, you know. So yeah. it didn't. It didn't like. It wasn't a personal attack on me because I'm not that closely attached to that franchise and so I was okay with it. I just really like the fact that they took it to some really dark places and places that when the original film was made, they chose not to take it and I think considering the time, it was you know, it it made sense you know, but now they decided yeah, we are going to take it to those dark places. Some people Mm -hmm. find that it's not necessary. I just happen to like that they did it. Yeah. Ryan, um, we're basically saying Horror remakes, you know, that you like, you think are good, that you sometimes feel the need to defend against the wider horror populace because they basically don't agree. Do you have one in mind at all? Mine is uh, absolutely the Evil Dead remake. Oh, I love it. I had to fight up and down with so many people that love the original series, and I'm one of them. I love that original series, but when this came out, I heard so many people talking about how how completely unnecessary it was, 
how it was basically pointless, how they took the basic idea, just turned it into a gore fest idea, and it, it couldn't hold a candle to the original. Listen, I love the original, but this one, I could watch that remake anytime. I pop it on just for fun. I'm having a bad day. I throw on Evil Dead. I did yeah. that a few weeks ago for the very same reason. Just yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, girl. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean that's. I think that's one that I mean I'll, I'll stand right beside you and fight the good fight on that one. I really enjoyed that remake, and I look at it and I can see where that. Once again, we can see where the criticism's coming from. I understand that the characters are a bit dumb, but I mean, as horror fans, sometimes and it's just what I was just saying to Jamie when we were talking about um, you know Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't necessarily <laughs> think the characters are great in Nightmare on Elm Street. So when people argue about that, you know, you know that they've dumbed down the characters and whatnot. I'm like, well, the characters were already pretty dumb. Yeah. Um, if I'm if I'm being honest, so that I, I mean, you could poke holes in other parts of it. The Evil Dead in general, I think, um, yeah, it did have dumb characters. But what it gave you was it it gave you there's almost a party vibe about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though as a film, which is you know, it's dealing with pretty horrific mutilations and all the rest if you're a horror fan i don't understand how you can go to the cinema and and witness some truly fantastic practical effects being put on screen and not get behind evil dead's practical effects you you know what it's 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 i was sitting watching every every section where someone had to cut an arm off or take a nail to the head and i was like cheering i was like this is fucking awesome Mm -hmm. yeah and it it delivers it it delivers it um and yeah i'm I'm 100 with ryan on that yeah, some horror fans are little bitches. <laughs> yes, yes they are. <laughs> and if any of you little bitches are listening to this show, uh, stop being a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> right, that but, ought to um, do it. <laughs> no, 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 I just was... fixed it for everyone. <laughs> you did. I think everyone should take a page out of Ryan's book, you know, and then just get on with things. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's like it's like at the same time. I mean, we're talking, obviously, we're still on the topic of good, and the bad topic's going to be long, I can already tell, but when we're talking about the good ones, I mean, are we, and I'll ask this to Mark, are we, unfortunately, victims of our own interest in the genre that we we are not elitists, because, well, I don't consider myself an elitist, but are we at that stage where we hold what we grew up with so tight that when remakes are announced, we almost go in perceiving that they're going to be bad. I I love that you're asking me this because the other dudes of the horror show is accusing me of being a, a horror hipster fan. And uh, <laughs> don't know why they would do that, Mark. I, I, I don't either. You know, my giant vinyl, vinyl collection I trip over every show. You know, uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of a tough question. I think it's. Uh, I, there's definitely if you're what you know if you can yourself a horror fan there's definitely gonna be like a series of films that were kind of like your first like and so you know regardless of the age you see that you still feel this like kind of nostalgia and this kind of protectiveness of it like i remember like a lot of these movies like when they first announced that they were happening like i was definitely in the camp of having the uh like the knee-jerk reaction and just being like, why the fuck would they remake this? This seems so unnecessary. Don't fuck up, uh, you know, one of my favorites. But um, I don't know. I It's hard not to be jaded about these things, and I, I definitely kind of feel like there's way more bad 
remakes than there are good, so that, you know, when a good one actually does roll around, it's kind of a pleasant surprise. Could could you not put the same argument, though, that there's way more bad horror films than there are good ones? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's probably any genre, and, I mean... I don't know. I kind of lost train of thought there for a second. <laughs> Sorry, I just like throwing curveballs. <laughs> just throwing them out there. Here, here's one I wanted to ask everybody else about because I feel like it's a remake that it has a lot of fucking problems, but for some reason I'm willing to forgive him, forgive it for a lot of them for some reason, and that's the Tom Savini Night of the Living Dead remake. Love that movie. I love it. I don't I think it has it. any no. problems at all. I'm totally happy with that. I mean, the it was written by Romero, which right there makes it okay. I mean, it, it sort of validates it in my... Plus, I think the special effects are amazing. Tom Savini went to great lengths to try to make the corpses look as realistic as possible versus, you know, what we had in the original night films where they were all different colors. Uh, you know, I, I think it was really successful. When I saw that in the theater, I was unable to sleep for quite a while because i kept picturing uncle Reege like falling yeah. off the balcony and that particular scene haunted me for a very long time what's your interpretation bo did do you do you like that one yeah i i think it's fine uh i don't think it's anywhere nearly as good as the original uh but i don't think think it's offensive or anything i understand the the rationale for making that movie um you know it, it's if I'm going to watch one or the other, I'm always going to watch the original, but if I catch the remake, I'm, I'm fine with that. It's it's not one of my favorites, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it it does what it sets out to do, which is update the original. I just don't think it has kind of the emotional resonance that the original does for me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the effects are certainly very, very good. Uh, yeah, that and, uh, up a... Oh, sorry. I, I think I think most of the things I take issue with it are like performance wise. I don't think anybody but Tony Todd is way amazing. Like it, it might be just a lot of script problems. I think like the atmosphere and the effects and everything visual about it is fucking amazing and about as good as you could expect a Night of the Living Dead remake to be. So I don't know. I, I like I said, I cut that movie a lot of slack on its its bad points just because everything else about it I like a lot. I mean, through, through, well, through, we'll almost take a, like an opposite point of view of the question that we've been working around with then. Um, is there a film, a horror remake film, which everyone perceives as being good, but you, on the other hand, don't think it's good? Um, I'll start with, we'll start with Bo again on that one. Is there one that everyone says to you, you know, this is a great horror remake and you just don't understand what they're, they're banging on about? Uh, boy... Uh, I, off the top of my head, one doesn't immediately leap to mind. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, for those people who, oh, I'll tell you one, I've got it. Uh, <laughs> oh shit, that Rob Zombie Halloween travesty. Fuck. <laughs> oh god damn, I hate that movie. What about you, Jamie? Um, Amityville Horror. Oh hey, yeah. I really dislike that film, and that. The problem with that to me is I like the front end of that film quite a bit. I think that Ryan Reynolds and um, – oh, what's her name? Oh, darn. I – Shoot. Uh, she was in 30 Days of Night too, but I can't – Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, I, I, is it Melissa George, I yes. believe? Yeah, it is. Thank you. Um, I think that Ryan Reynolds and Melissa George both both put in really great performances. I like the kids in that film. 
and I really enjoy the front half of it. One thing that I think that Ryan Reynolds brought to it that James Brolin was unable to was you actually see him going crazy. To me, James Brolin suffers from Jack Nicholson syndrome in The Shining, where he kind of <laughs> starts bit... out scary to begin with. Yeah, um, yeah. And, I mean, James Brolin has always frightened me. I don't, I'm, I've always been afraid to meet him in, like, a dark alley because I think he's just an, an imposing person yeah. uh, regardless of the role. But Ryan Reynolds, I think, was very successful in, in transformation. The problem with that film and the, one that, the thing that makes me hate it so much is the back end of that film is completely drenched in blood for no – for com- for no really necessary reason. If you're talking about ghosts, then that's not yeah. necessary. Plus, we get that final frame with the little girl, which just right there just puts a a stamp on the end of it. And so, even as much as I was okay with the beginning of it, by the time we got to the end, I was like, well, fuck this. Yeah. So, um, and I'm constantly, constantly getting in, in battles with people over that one, and <laughs> I, just, I just don't like it. <laughs> what yeah, was I- you, Mark? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to add real quick. I just don't know that many people who like it. I know. I mean, it, it happens I've all heard the time. i people say um, that they like it. Like, yeah, it, maybe not not so much big horror fans, but, you know, casual moviegoers. Well, I get it on, like, say, for instance, in group pages, it'll come up. And I'm just like, you know, if I voice for some reason that I don't like it, then it's just like a barrage. Or like, ah, what are you talking about? Blah. It's so much better than the original. And I just don't think it is. I think the, I know a lot of people think the original was boring. I don't get that. I think it was subtle. I like the, and I like everything about it. And so, whereas that one was subtle, I think the remake was sort of hitting you over the head with a hammer. And that's, you know, I just, not my thing. So. Yeah. Hmm. There we go. Mark, what about you? Mine, I, I don't ever hear anybody say that it's better than the original, but I do hear a lot of people say that it's like a really good horror remake, and that would be the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah, because see, I, I do actually really like that remake. I do too. And I've, heard you, I like I've heard you before say you don't like it, Mark. So um, what is it you don't like about it? I, 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 I almost feel like I would like this a lot better if it was called something besides Dawn of the Dead. I just feel like it has absolutely nothing to fucking do with the original besides it has zombies and a mall in it. Like it, it doesn't get anything right that the original got. I, it, I, I don't feel anything about any of the fucking characters in it. Basically, mm-hmm. it has a really exciting like first ten minutes, but like from there, it's kind of a hot mess, and it. It tries to be faithful to the original, but it tries to do different things, and it just feels kind of uneven because I I I kind of feel like what makes the original so fucking great is is the slow parts where you get a minute of you know a little break from the all the action and excitement, and it really has something to say. And I don't feel like the new one has fucking anything to say. Basically, it's kind of just a big spectacle. See, I totally see that, and for years, I've, even though I find it enjoyable, and even though it's like fast zombies and all of that, you know, I did find it enjoyable. It, it's, you know, it's actiony, it's fun, it's gruesome. But and so I said the same thing. If only it was called something else, like I could really get into this movie. But the fact that it is, it is attempting to be a remake of such an amazing film just bothers me because it it doesn't do anything that the original film did as far as having something to say so i get that i mean i felt the same way and then i as the years went on i just said finally you know just forget about the title like (laughs) who cares when i watch it i have a good time so that's all that really matters but i totally understand where you're coming from 
There we go. There we go. I'm trying to think of one that I really like that a lot of people don't like. Um, I have one on the uh, one on the tip of my tongue, but I, I really don't want shouted at. Uh, <laughs> but everyone's saying you are wrong, sir. Um, <laughs> well, now, but, uh, now I have to hear it. Yeah, be now brave. Yeah. Be brave. <laughs> right. House of Wax. Oh, I... God damn it. That was one I was about to mention as another one that everybody likes that I fucking hate. <laughs> right. See, I actually really, and, and I don't know many people that actually did enjoy that film. Everyone I... loves that movie. If you, Well, again, I, maybe, maybe these are the same people on the, in the same I, horror groups. Maybe, that, maybe, you know? maybe a cultural thing as well, because I, I, I don't know many people that are into horror that, you know, I would chat horror about in my country especially that enjoyed that movie, but I, I thought, I don't think it was terrible at all. Um, if you skip over the obvious things, which which irk a lot of people, like the fact that they include someone like Paris Hilton in the in the movie, but, I mean, she she gets the, she gets, like, dispatched in a fairly, fairly satisfying way, and um, I don't think it's necessarily... I, I mean, I'm not I'm not one of these ones that holds the original and on a pedestal at all. I just think the original's okay for what it is. But I I actually quite enjoyed it. Uh, anyone else enjoy the House of Wax remakers? Yeah, I me? like it too. I, I think. It's all right. Cool. See, I, <laughs> think okay. it's, I think it's completely ham-fisted, and, right. and not even the, not even the fact that it's a remake. It's just that I think they get into all this like twin symbolism toward the end, and then it yeah. just it's it's just. Um, I don't know. I feel like the director was coming at you with bricks in his hand, and <laughs> and the word subtlety means nothing. Right. Uh, and it's just like you know, you. I don't know. I I just when I'm watching that, the effects are good. You know, I don't have any issue with that. I don't even care about the fact that Paris Hilton is in it. And, and I hate you know, her. I do. <laughs> but um, I mean, her porno wasn't me. even good. Not to interrupt. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't. She wasn't very enthusiastic. In right, the right. Night vision. She looked like a Mystique from X Men. I wasn't digging it. Ryan, <laughs> basically handled with you know, handled with the delicacy of a garbage truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. Right, right. Very <laughs> hand-fisted. But what we're saying, Ryan, is basically um, we're like we've kind of inverted one of the questions that I've asked and we're still in the good segment we're, we're about to jump on and, and do bad ones but basically what we're doing is defending a film just now which you know the the general the general populace di- dislikes as a remake but for whatever reason you actually don't think it's that bad or you quite like it do you have one at all? Mm. Like the- <sighs> for the most part no <laughs> I don't. Most of the ones people shit all over, I agree with them for the most part. Like I've got, I've got the very pinnacle of the worst one ever made. So when that section comes up, if anybody disagrees with me, I'm just gonna pretty much delete you from my contacts. <laughs> oh, on the flip, on the flip side of that, then um, is there is there is there one that generally everyone everyone likes but you dislike um, oh, i thought that was what the last question was i think i fucked up somewhere there <laughs> no 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 i th- what, what what i did was basically i'm asking the two questions because like ryan's connections yeah so you know on that and that question then is there, is there one that springs to mind um i would have to go full-heartedly into the halloween remake a lot right, of that- love it a lot of people dig the hell out of it. I can't stand to watch it. It's a bunch of yeah. rednecks screaming at each right? other. Right? That's what Bo said, yeah. 
and then it turns into the original film and fast forward. You know, there's no suspense, no none of that. You know, Myers is a hulking person, and I know in a way it's kind of uh, it's kind of cool in the original horror crowd, we'll say, to insult Halloween remake. And I'm not doing it for that aspect. I'm doing it because it really grates at me every time I watch it now. And it didn't at first. At first, mm-hmm. I was all for it. I was like, we'll see what Rob Zombie can do. And and then I watched it, and at first I was like, this is okay. And then the more I've watched it over years, the more it has more dust on it than any film in my collection. <laughs> I had the exact same reaction to that. At first I was like, well, you know, I understand what Rob Zombie's trying to do, and you can't exactly expect someone like Rob Zombie to make a film the way that John Carpenter would because he's completely different. He has a whole different style. He's bringing that to it, you know, and I understand that. But then now the more I watch it, it's just, it's just trashed up you know it was just like even the girls like the friends you know the conversations that they have um it just i don't know like in the original it's just these are teenagers and in the remake it's just like god these are trashy teenagers teenagers. (laughs) it took daniel harris who i liked as little Jamie in four and five and turned her into an angry whore and i didn't like her c-u-n-t yeah right oh oh it just hurts and your and your titties are tiny. Put your shirt back on. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we have standards around here. Right. Hey, more than a handful. It wasn't even a handful, dude. <laughs> right. Well, on that on that climatic note uh, there, uh, pity size and all. Uh, what we'll do is we'll take a very quick break. What we're going to oh. do is we're going to jump back. Oh, sorry, Jamie, did you have no, something? You I just to... well, the, I mean, because I think we've hit on all the heavy hitters, all the ones that people talk about a lot. Uh-huh. But there are some there are some really good remakes that no one ever talks about, and just oh, right, I mean, well, just a few. That's... I mean. Would you mind go if for I it, go for it? No, okay. no, I, we'll go around everyone and add something I never even thought about. I right, just throw out some some titles of ones that you think maybe deserve a bit more recognition. Then, okay, well, I mean, this one actually does get talked about quite a bit. We just didn't mention it, but it, um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, oh yeah, Donald Pleasant's version. Uh, Donald Pleasant's Don, Don, oh, <laughs> Donald yeah. Pleasant. the Sutherland, yeah, um, the seventies version. I think the Blob deserves quite a bit of respect. Mm. Uh, Definitely, it's, uh, it's super solid. Uh, My Bloody Valentine, I enjoyed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get well, and then if you want to go back to like um, Cat People, I actually enjoy the rem- I enjoy both versions of that film, but I really enjoy the remake of that one. Oh, and, wow, I haven't thought about that one in a while. Yeah. yeah so, and that's just some- oh, and I actually like Last House on the Left too, except for the very last scene with the microwave thing. I don't like that. But apart from that, I really <laughs> oh, you didn't buy that? You didn't buy the microwaving no, his head no, with I the didn't. door open? <laughs> And as a matter of fact, it irks the hell out of me. But I <laughs> so much that I didn't care. Well, what about you, Ryan? Then uh, and other Piranha. other ones. Sorry, oh, <laughs> Jamie's just firing them out everywhere. Know, Jamie, Jamie stop speaking because mine was Piranha. <laughs> piranha doesn't get enough love you know piranha 3d that was all kinds of fun that was mm-hmm. on my list and shit, not recognized let's mm, yeah uh, come back or, or maybe or maybe that uh, yeah or maybe ones that you know not even not recognized just ones that you generally really like that haven't Easy. been mentioned yet <laughs> Uh, between everyone else and jamie's plethora of a list last second i'm I'm out what about you bull uh yeah i mean that jamie brought up some really good ones i this is maybe only tangentially horror 
but I really like that 76 King Kong remake. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I wasn't even going to say that because that, that literally is one of my favorite films. I watch that film all the time. That and the original. I wasn't going to call it out because it wasn't horror per se, but absolutely, dude. I think that's a good call. Yeah, I, and I don't think it's really that good a movie. Like, no, it's like, not. If, if I do the math on it, then it's got a lot of problems. But, mm-hmm. man, there's just something about, you know, fuzzy Jeff Bridges and – <laughs> stoned He's... out of her gore Jessica Lang in that movie <laughs> right <laughs> Jeff Bridges is hairier than Kong yeah <laughs> and and I'm kind of a sucker for Charles Grodin in that movie as well and uh yeah uh, you know that that's a good example of a remake that I find myself defending poorly <laughs> because I as at in my heart of hearts I understand like yeah, that movie is kind of broken in a couple of ways. But, man, it's also, you know, King Kong fighting a giant snake, and that shit does it for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, Mark, any that we've not mentioned yet? That... Uh, fuck, I'm racking my brain trying to think. How does everybody feel about the Peter Jackson King Kong to only be tangentially related to horror once again? I like that movie, too. I'm not going to lie. You know, Jack like Black's in it is... Too long. Fi- it's yeah, um, like, it's it's a Peter Jackson thing. It's the Lord of the Rings of the King Kong movies, absolutely. But uh, it's very well done. I enjoyed almost every character except for Jack Black. He needs to shut the fuck up. And <laughs> yeah, but everything else, dude, the, the effects were crazy in it. You know, Kong has never looked so alive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll throw I'll throw a couple in here. And we'll see we'll see what you guys think. If you say Godzilla would puff daddy, dude, I'm hanging up. <laughs> hey, Come with listen. me. Yeah. <laughs> he wants <laughs> to fight you. He'll fucking bite you. <laughs> Those are some ill lyrics. Straight the up, word yo. ill ill in America means something in that context. It doesn't mean the same thing over here. We would say, oh, he's not looking well. Um, but <laughs> he's a little, I little bit peaked. <laughs> I don't mind the remake of the crazies. I actually thought that was that that was a, yeah. a fairly fairly mm-hmm. good remake. I thought it was competent. Sure. Um, right. Mother's Day uh, from twenty ten. Oh, I actually quite liked oh, that as well. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought it was one where they they kind of they kind of did things kind of right there. Um, another one, and I definitely definitely will um, get shouted at here. Um, well, I'm saying definitely, definitely. I might not actually, you know, because you guys might just be like, ah, Duncan will pat you on the back here. But I actually did like uh, the the Silent Night one, the one that's basically the remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night. I didn't actually mind that at all, even though there's no mm. snow in it. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was I'd just like going to call okay. um, I, To me, that was just not completely necessary, but I don't think it was bad. Yeah. Right, it was I, a completely I, different film in every I, it was, way. Yeah, it was totally different. Like, I really enjoy the whole creepy grandpa part at the beginning of the original <laughs> that has really no bearing <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. on anything, but um, it's just, you know, <laughs> the, the quirkiness of the original kind of wins it over for me, but I don't think that one was bad. Right, right. No snow. They had a wood chipper. Can't beat that. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I did have it. a wood chipper. And unlike Friday the 13th, it actually gets used. Mm, exactly. <laughs> Right, this is the perfect point to jump out then and when we return after this very short break we're going to be talking about the bad oh, eh, it's oh, going to get messy yeah, <laughs> yeah, blood so bad. we will 
a bloodbath, and not a good bloodbath either, because it's bad ones we're talking about. Um, we're going to be right back after this break. <laughs> Welcome back. So we've just been talking about the good. It's time to get the gloves off and get ankle deep in the bad. Right, Ryan. Uh, where to begin with this one, my friend? Right, bad horror remakes. Okay, the original of this film is probably one of my favorite horror films ever made, period. And then they decided to make this remake, and I am talking about the Black Christmas remake. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's bad, yeah. This film is an abomination, it it took it took everything that was good about the original, everything that was frightening, everything that was that, that affected you in any way, shape, or form, and turned it into a big festering pile of dog shit. And it hurts me to even look at this film. And I own it because I had to have it because oh my god, they're making a remake of Black Christmas. I got to check this out. And then I popped it in, and I almost cried because there's a yellow Bert looking from Sesame Street person running around in his pajamas in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and beat that one, fuckers. <laughs> I actually right. like the, the gingerbread cutout cookies from the girl's back. Yeah, well, that's, that's the first kind of five fun. minutes of the movie. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. Right, Jamie. It's not good. It's not good. Don't misunderstand me. It's not good. Right. I'm just, you know, there was, that was something. Right, Jamie, come on. Name us a really, really, really bad one. Come on. Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. Prom night. Oh yeah, prom night. Yep. There was there was a prom and it took place at night. Other than that, there is absolutely no connection and um, it's empty, completely hollow. It's glossy. It. I don't even understand it. I don't even understand. I don't get it. <laughs> right, Mark, go for it. Oh, um, must have one must have one on the back burner. Come on. The Friday the 13th remake. Yes! Really, really (laughs) dumb fucking movie. It's a hot fucking mess. Don't make three separate movies and then, like, cut them all down to about 30 minutes and really loosely tie them together. It's just a bad idea. Don't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, Bo? Come on, give us one. Don't steal my one. Uh, (laughs) boy. Um, man, after talking about that fucking Halloween remake... That uh, that kind of rocketed to the top of my charts uh, after thinking about that for two seconds. Um, you say Elm Street, I, you know? Yeah, I mean, I this is going to be kind of a bullshit answer, but pretty much Platinum Dunes as an oeuvre. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they have made a good movie. Uh, what? Yeah, I mean. Was Hills Have Eyes Platinum Dunes? Maybe that that would be okay. But I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. All right. So was it all... really? I think it is. I didn't yeah. know that. So then, um, huh? <laughs> that would be days. the one of theirs that I would like. Then. Yeah, but like Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, 
Uh, yeah, it was, it was done in it was done in partnership with Dune Entertainment, which is Platinum Dunes, I think, isn't it? Right. Yeah, Mike, I mean, Michael it, Bay had his slimy little fingers in all of them, right? Yeah, I mean, all those movies are just hot garbage. Um, and you know, my my personal philosophy when it comes to those movies is that they're just so cynically made. It's it's cashing in on. Uh, a title that people recognize with no regard to the quality of the film. Mm. In fact, I'm just going to jump in. Actually, it wasn't done by Platinum Dunes, so we can discount it. Oh, okay. Well, then everything Platinum Dunes ever did. <laughs> <laughs> what do you Mark, think Mark of the? Uh, not the Mark there for a, Sorry. What do you What do you think, uh, Bo? What do you think of the um, Friday the Thirteenth one they did? Uh, not, I think, not Friday the Thirteenth. I, I mean Texas Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw. Uh, I thought that was terrible. Uh, I thought that movie was real, real dumb. I mean, if you want to look at Jessica Biel's ass for 90 minutes or whatever, that's fine. I guess you can I do. make that argument. That's the best thing <laughs> right, but beyond that, uh, I, I, again, I just think it's it's over-stylized bullshit. Um, there was nothing... I mean, the original Texas Chainsaw is absolutely filled with sort of social commentary and things like that. And, and Texas Chainsaw came out at a time when that sort of critique of the meat grinder of wars of choice would have been perfect. Uh, and instead it's just, it's just a slasher movie and, and not, you know, it looks good, but that's kind of it. Same cinematographer. See, I think it would have been okay if it were treated as if they had just made a sequel, you know, like just another sequel to the to because when I watch it, it's not that I don't enjoy it. Um, it's just that I feel like that being a remake of, of something like Texas Chainsaw, which had so much to say and handled it so beautifully, then I don't I don't like it as a remake. But I, I think if they had just. Plus, they changed some really unnecessary things. They just made it stupid. But if but if they had just taken and made another sequel, then I probably wouldn't have any issue with it because I think it's kind of a fun watch. I like the music, you know. I like some of the the gore effects. I like one thing I can't buy into is that wet fucking basement. And people hear me say that all the time, but it's like I don't give a shit how crazy you are. Your basement's not going to look like that, you know. It's just it's dripping and gooey, and and it's just it just goes beyond. It's way over stylized, and I think that Nispel has a, a habit of doing that, you know. And um, that was shown again with the Friday the Thirteenth remake. And he just goes way overboard as far as um, as far as set design, and then offers nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I'd like we, I've spoken about this before as well. I don't understand how the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre can can have literally about a teaspoonful of blood, and and be completely effective and psychologically traumatizing, but the remake can be absolutely drenched in blood, and just it, it has no impact. The only thing that I thought that came out really well in that film. Other than I, I did like the cinematography, not necessarily all the sets. I'm with Jamie on the basement. I hate that wet, drippy, horrible-looking basement. I, I don't understand why that's there. But um, the Arlie Emery character, oh yeah, I really enjoyed him in that film. And I thought he was probably the only addition to the movie that I actually really enjoyed. The, the moments where he was on screen were my favorite moments in that remake. And a lot of his a lot of his lines were ad libbed, so yeah. it's like that credit goes to him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like they've it's like they've included him in there, and he's 
he's felt almost the need to try and compensate for for how bad the rest of the film is. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my opinion on it anyway. I, I, I mean, I would kind of see where both coming from. I don't I, I don't think there is any Platinum Dunes film that's one that I would think is one that I really enjoyed at all. I think a lot of them are. I mean, they obviously they, they, they released the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it did really well. And then it was just like, we must re-release, you know, remakes of every potential horror film that can possibly get us money. And a lot of them have done really well. And that, unfortunately, as horror fans, we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot there. If we had abstained from going to see them, um, there wouldn't be so many of them. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the double-edged sword, isn't it? That yeah. you want to support the genre but that means you know making going going out uh, and and seeing a lot of bullshit and i i gotta be honest you know we we were kind of talking about this on devour recently i have just fallen so out of love with the cinema experience here (laughs) um mostly because of asshole kids (laughs) Uh, and I, i i hate to sound like grumpy old grandpa but I swear to God, the next teenager that opens their cell phone or, or fires up the uh, screen on their cell phone while I'm watching a movie is just going to get a punch to the back of the head. Uh, I throw things. <laughs> I do throw things. I do. I don't take any shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I've, I've tried to be relatively polite about that stuff uh, for the most part and, and try to treat them as human beings, but they just don't behave that way. I mean, they're like those uh, demon kids from Citadel or something. And, uh, but yeah, so I, I find myself, you know, certainly renting a lot more home video stuff, uh, such as, you know, Willow Creek last night, got that off of uh, the Amazons. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's, to me, that is the preferred outlet for horror now. And I can almost ignore horror that's coming out in the theater because most of the time it is remakes or sequels or bullshit that stands a higher than average chance of being bad yeah yeah i mean um i'll throw up my one just now i genuinely thought you were going to steal this one but um the fog remake oh oh fuck that movie yeah yeah (laughs) i mean there's there's a a complete exercise and what the fuck were you doing and why the fuck did you try to remake that it's just it is just an absolute I mean this this fundamentally well I think this kind of comes back to what we were saying that the good remakes and I don't think we're we're being the first people to, to analyse and come away with this but the good remakes are the ones where like we said before it's where there's actually real love, care and consideration taken to the product or someone actually looking at the product and trying to put their own stamp on it, take it in a different direction or add something to it that they felt was maybe lacking in the original good or bad. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but that seems to be the, you know, the backbone to that. Um, Could we then say that the ones that are bad, the ones that fail, you know, catastrophically, are the ones where that isn't done then, where someone goes in with the interpretation of, well, the kids like the blood, so let's give them the blood. Um, and unfortunately that's what they focus on because that's one of my biggest gripes with Texas Chainsaw Massacre is everything that makes that original just such an unnerving watching experience is completely 
you know, coated in blood from start to finish. And it just, it feels like, you know, that's what they went, they went out to make uh, a gory film um, and forgotten that they're making the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, I mean, do, do we think that, if I start with you, Bo, do you think that's maybe one of the, one of the kind of resounding points that mean a lot of these films don't work? Yeah, I, I think that's a big part of it. Although there are people who can go in with the best of intentions and still make a shitty remake, uh, Rob mm-hmm. Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I would say that, yeah, the, the the movies that are done purely for the buck. And, yeah. and I think it's not hard to see that on screen. Like, you know, something like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't mean to pick on that movie uh, just because you're here, Jamie, but... Um, (laughs) there is, there is such shitty writing in that movie. Uh, just the dialogue between characters, uh, and the, the example I always use is, um, there, there's a moment in that film where Rooney Mara's character, um, says to the, uh, Kyle Gallner, the Kyle Gallner, uh, you know, cause there's a, several of them afoot. Um, but she says something to the effect of, you know, I'm not exactly the most popular if you hadn't noticed. Meanwhile, everybody in this fucking town seems to know who she is. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and not just knows who she is, but kind of likes her, you know, like when, uh, uh, Tina dies immediately, somebody's at her window. Like, are you okay? That this is a horrible things happening. And it, it's like, this doesn't fit. Every action that has this line of dialogue doesn't fit every action that led up to it. And Mm -hmm. it just pisses me off that, like, as a viewer, I give a shit how well this movie is written more than the people who wrote it. And and that's the feeling I get, particularly with a lot of the Platinum Dune stuff, where I, I seem to cherish the property way more than the people making the, the remake. And, and yeah. that's frustrating. Yeah, I mean, uh, what about you, Mark? Where do you think, if you were trying to pinpoint it, where do you think a lot of these films fall short? Um, well, for, like, Nightmare on Elm Street is a great example of for me of a movie that just doesn't go far enough. It just didn't, it felt so fucking unsatisfying coming out of that movie. And... I feel like the, using a lot more CGI, whereas back in the day it was all practical effects, is really not a good idea and mm-hmm. is a big part of why that movie doesn't work for me. And, yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on it earlier. I feel like you got to kind of bring something new to the table because chances are the demographic that these movies are aiming for is, the you know, the name recognition. Like, oh, they're, they're hoping you know, maybe not hoping, but they kind of know that people are going into these movies with expectations. If they've seen the original or even know about it. So if you don't bring anything new to the table, your movie is going to be a fucking absolute failure. I think, which uh, like, here's a great example the psycho remake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, the psycho remake though, I, I, I mean, it's a bad, it's a bad film. I, I didn't enjoy it at all. I, I think it falls, to me, it falls into the camp of unnecessary because what they do is they take it, but they don't, they don't, re- they try and do shot for shot, but it's not entirely shot for shot because they do add a couple of things and there's a very bizarre kind of masturbation sequence yeah. in there, which 
I don't I, I don't understand what, if that's put in for shock purposes. Um, you know, there were so many other places in that movie they could have put something in for shock value that I don't understand that. And I just think generally, I mean, the the, the shot for shot remake, they just unfortunately pick actors who you would have thought would have been really good, but just turn in very kind of cardboard cut out performances of the original characters. Um, like I say, it's it's bad for that principle alone. I mean, there's there's one that was tampered with very very slightly, but you know. It fucked up, you know. They, they don't really do anything in terms of gore or anything like that, and it, it's it's practical as well. I mean, I I was going to say the the thing about we're saying obviously where they, they don't try and change things. Jamie made the point, and I would agree with her. And in case of the the fright, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street one, they do give Freddy a more sinister. They give Freddy his original sinister persona we don't get in the original. That they, instead of saying he's a child killer, they go out and say he's a paedophile. So, I mean, that in itself is more sinister. So, um, I just don't think Psycho goes far enough. I think if you were ever going to touch that, you know, as a film, then, you know, you have to remake it as in start changing fundamental aspects. Instead of just doing this... Gus Van Sant, I don't even know why he even did that film because he is quite an interesting filmmaker. It just seems strange to me. Maybe he just I- realized that he wanted somebody jerking off in that movie <laughs> to the point where he was like, look, I I know this movie's not going to be any good, but my version of Psycho is going to have some, some masturbatory fun in it. Now, and- <laughs> I got to find, I believe, I read that book years and years ago but i believe in the book he jerks off well i mean i think it's fairly obvious in the we all know why boys look at girls through holes in the wall when they do so i mean i think you can <laughs> as an adult you can figure out what he's doing on the other side right. I think he's sort I, of I, calling I, the audience morons <laughs> that he feels he has to point it out or they were just you know the book itself when you read it it's it's pretty damn graphic so I think uh-huh. that was just possibly him just trying to add a little taste of the graphic nature of that, but not wanting to go as far-fetched as decapitating her in the shower like in the book. Yeah. Well, Ryan, there's, here we go. Uh, we'll come straight to you. Basically, what we're saying is um, we're, we're taking a look at maybe what what the potential pitfall of doing a horror remake um, is. And what, we'd, what we kind of examined like briefly there was we'd said things like... Um, it's people coming in that don't have anything new to say, so are basically taking on board what was done before, or focusing, you know, like on the wrong aspect. So, like trying to make it more gory when, say, for example, Texas Chainsaw, like we were talking about there, Texas Chainsaw doesn't have any, much in the way of any blood. The remake has a lot of blood, and for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to have the same psychological effect. Right. I mean, can you pinpoint, you know, like, do you have an idea of? how some of these films seem to just go wrong. I think uh, it's underestimating the audience. It's li- uh-huh. them literally thinking that people of this time frame cannot take something psychological. We yeah. got to have gore effects thrown. And you know, I blame everything on Rob Zombie. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, he did it with Halloween, which is the most ungory film ever made that is just mm-hmm. lives on to Spence and said, OK, I'm going to turn this into a gore fest. And then they said, well, he did it. I got to do it. And they all started doing it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I mean, that's it's the it's like you say as well. And it's funny that we should we should get to that stage where, you know, 
filmmakers feel the need to dumb down things, which I mean, the 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 constant criticism that are flung at at horror fans or the horror genre in general um, is this misplaced attitude towards you know it's just silly violence where horror films are almost one of the best mediums I would say probably maybe on par with comedy where you can take social situations and actually make a film making a statement about them Mm. you know and deliver them in a way which you know can be interpreted many different ways by by fans of the the genre Um, and it's like Certain films, they take the sting out of it. You know, they, they feel that you know we can't go, we can't go as far. Like Mark was saying, um, when he watched uh, the 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 Nightmare remake, he was saying that you know the film didn't go far enough. And what we were saying is, you know, Freddy in this one is given his true persona, and that he's a, a paedophile, which in itself is a horrible thing. Um, but you know, and I know Jamie does like that film. I, I mean, I can see where Mark's coming from. I don't think it goes far enough um, with certain things. I think um, there's a there's a needless bit in the middle where they try this kind of misdirection mm-hmm. of is he innocent, is he not innocent sort of thing, which, you know, that to me doesn't necessarily work. Um but yeah, I think I think you're I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I think a lot of these ones, Platinum Dunes especially, and I don't want this just to be a an hour of bashing Platinum Dunes because there's there's plenty of other podcasts out there that you know, and plenty of other hours of podcasts out there where that's been done. But that is that to me is a raison d'être is this ability to take films which had like actually at their fundamental core had something to say. Uh, whether it was being satirical or obs- observing particular things that were happening in certain time frames and just not even touching that. Just taking a kind of husk shell of what a horror film is and then filling it up with gore and then putting it on the screen um, will be satisfying to those that just want a dumb movie. But for us that have grown up watching films like... Um, Last House on the Left, um, mm. which had, you know, Craven set out to do a film which basically emulated the horrors that were on television from Vietnam. Um, these sort of the kind of war crime things like that. I, I, and I know, Jamie, you were saying, I don't actually mind that remake. That remake to me is okay, apart from, and we've already said it, that end sequence is ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> um, without trying to sound like Scotty from Star Trek, you, you know, you kind of change the laws of physics. Mm-hmm. You really, really can't, you know, microwaves don't switch on if the door's open. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, let, let, let's, let's, let's try and think of, let's try and think of some ones that should have been a lot better than what they were, right? Um, and to me, one right off the top of my head that I was so looking forward to when I went into the cinema and to me, it just never even even remotely hit the mark, and I'm not even going to go with the big, the big heavy hitters here. But with Thirteen Ghosts, oh yeah, I thought if you saw the promo work and the trailers for Thirteen Ghosts and the all this thing about you know, it really looked like it was going to be a fantastic remake. Mm-hmm. And I went in and I sat there, and I, what I was delivered was a very, very, very dumb movie. I mean, it's there's nothing there. It's it's completely superficial, um, and it just doesn't work. And I, I, I mean, that was one that I was really looking forward to. Um, and in theory, it's not... I mean, that film was, what, from the 50s? Mm-hmm. The original one? So, I mean, plenty of time had passed there. You know, it is, it is trying to speak to a brand new audience, and I just don't think it did the job at all. Um, are, are there any ones that you think... I mean, because this list will be long. But um, can you think of ones where... Like, we'll start with you, Bo. Can you think of one where, you know, in, on paper, this should have been a fantastic remake, and when you went to see it, it just didn't deliver? 
Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I Am Legend. Yes. That, on paper. That, yeah, I was just thinking of. Yeah, that, that should have been, like, we have the technology now to make this the scope of the original novel uh, really feel big and ap- apocalyptic and, and so forth. And and I, I'm fine with Will Smith. I don't I don't think he's a terrible actor or anything. And yeah, so then the movie happens, and uh, that movie is just a, a goddamn mess. And I it, it's just a, another case. I mean, they've tried to make that movie three times now. Mm-hmm. And they no just can't make the right. book for some reason. They just refuse to make the book. I don't understand <laughs> it. It's right there. Just make the book. <laughs> It's true. It's true. I, the, the, there's never been. I mean, the directors usually. One, and we get this delivered to us so many times now. Is we're remaking this film. Oh, don't remake this film. No, no, no. We're going to make it more direct to what was written in the novel. And we're like that. Oh, this could be quite interesting. Carrie was one that was sold yeah. on that principle alone. You know, this is this is the film that De Palma didn't give you because this is the one that's more closely linked to the book. And you watch it. Uh, I saw it a couple of weeks ago and I thought this feels like a director who hasn't read the book, who has seen the De Palma film and said, you know what this film needs that mm-hmm. De Palma didn't have? iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> See, the kids a, have iPhones. That's a film that we on Devour, we, we pretty much did a countdown for like a year waiting yep. for that movie to come out solely because every report we'd ever read and every time I read the news about it, they were saying over and over again, this is going to be like the book. This is going to be like the book. So we were on board and we were excited. And then yep. it was not it was absolutely not. It was basically, I mean, some of the dialogue was word, most of the dialogue was word for word from the De Palma film. And there was really no addition to it that came from the book that that would give them the the okay to say, yes, we're making it closer to the book. I mean, that's an outright lie. Right. I yeah. would have given them a little bit of bonus points if they actually had the balls enough to have an overweight pimple covered yes. greasy girl as Carrie like in the yeah. book and the book? of course not they pick some uh, hit girl <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> who to be honest with you we're talking about remakes delivered a great performance um, as like an outcast teenager vampire sort of thing and let me in I thought our performance was mm-hmm. great in that yes. and then you see her in Carrie and I'm like uh, no, bring that performance over. That would have been great. And it just doesn't... It feels like a very, very strange... Uh, one, it felt like a strange choice to remake. Um, but the I, I'm not to say that, I mean, at, on a certain level... I mean, you could... you could don't, I would have probably had more respect. I mean, they did fling in the internet there, which, right, if teens are now ridiculed, it seems to be done online. I, I, my teenage years are very, very far behind me. Um, but... You know, it's, it's done that way, and I, I could kind of, but I would have just liked for them to move more in that aspect and really kind of focus on a kind of modern telling of it without just saying, well, here's YouTube, here's an iPhone, right. that's what kids have, that's what kids use, and then keep the story exactly the same. Um, it just seems strange, and that that is a banner that's flung around a lot, this, it's closer to the book. Um, that, I mean, it's. When, when people hear that, they think, oh, right, it's going to be a different film because it's going to be closer to the book. And then you go and see it, and it, it 
doesn't do it for for whatever reason. That film to me feels like that. And I mean, let, let's be honest here. The De Palma one's a classic, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. arguably one of the the. I mean, it's arguably one of the best horror films ever made. Right. Um, I love it. Yeah, and I mean to to try and take that. It's the same reason I would never like to see Jaws remade, right? Oh. Right, because Jaws delivers. You know, when Jaws delivers in Spades, that anyone, I I just don't see how you top that. Um, without taking it in a different direction completely and by taking it in a different direction it's like Mark was saying earlier on with uh, Dawn of the Dead is it then Dawn of the Dead or is it should it just be called something else mm. you know it's, 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 a, it's a strange thing I'll throw one out just now uh, the Hitcher remake yes oh, I consider that one unnecessary Right, right. We'll, we'll save that then. We'll save I, that. Cause I've got a... <laughs> Someone's yeah, trying to I... shut you down. I'm just saying. <laughs> you shut me down, Jenkins. Are you happy now? I'm going to cry. <laughs> I have never seen that. Oh, well, do yourself a favour and don't. <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, uh, like, avoid. Here's here's one that I think we'll all agree on, and I don't think it's an unnecessary one, because this we're basically talking, Ryan, about ones which are put forward that... On paper, should have been brilliant, but when you went to see them, were awful. The Haunting. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, My sure. God, how do you fuck up that film? I'll, I'll tell you how, with some of the poorest visual effects ever. <laughs> and yeah. Qui-Gon Jinn running around. That's how you do it. <laughs> He's got a special set of skills, Ryan. I kind of he certainly skills. does. I kind of love The Haunting, House on Haunted Hill, and 13 Ghosts all together. Because they all came oh, out like, yeah. around the same time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I agree with you. It's funny that when you were talking about 13 Ghosts earlier and how you were looking forward to it, just this morning I was talking about when that movie was coming out, I, you know, I would get pictures of it in Fangoria and, you know, you get the glimpses of what the ghosts were going to look like and things like that. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. And then when, when we actually get to watch it, it was just nothing like that. It's soulless. It's you know? soulless. It was, it was like, absolutely soulless. And and that girl's boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like she had, you know, beach balls in there. Every time, you know, she's running around with a knife all cut up and those things aren't moving. It was, mm. yeah. <laughs> that was the most frightening part. The Haunting, I think, actually starts out pretty well. Like, I think I think it's an interesting cast. I like the mm-hmm. look of the set when we first get into it. And I even think it's kind of successful at being really creepy in the beginning. But then the effects start in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it just completely ruins the whole thing. Right. You know, well, it's just like a few minutes in, I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Because it, it takes away everything. Yeah, kind of to Ryan's point about uh, just dumbing a film down... The original The Haunting is this great psychological exercise in is there a real haunting? Is it all in um, Eleanor's mind? Is you know, I mean, there there's so much room for interpretation in that film, um, as well as you know, just the relationship between her and the house, if such a thing exists, and all that. It's it, a fascinating story, and in this one, it's just like like here's a bunch of dumb ghost bullshit that looks completely fakey and it yeah that the, the haunting is truly one of the most offensively dumb remakes ever because mm-hmm. it takes what is so good about the original and just discards it mm-hmm. and and it also you know i point my finger at Jan debont uh who's a shitty director and <laughs> and shouldn't be allowed to make movies 
um, or not direct them. He can he can be a cinematographer. That seems fine. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't have any sense of how to how to tell a story or how to use subtlety or anything like that. And you know, I mean, Speed is the pinnacle of his filmmaking. And let's mm-hmm. be honest, Speed is okay. <laughs> it's it's not a great movie. Um, so yeah, it, it like. And one of one of the problems I think with a lot of remakes uh, is that, that you try to modernize it <coughs> and to to fit the you know perceived tastes of a modern audience. But what so many filmmakers forget, I think, is a movie becomes timeless when it has its own voice and its own pers- perspective. And even if it's a remake, you know, look at, again, The Thing or The Fly or, you know, any number of the really great remakes out there. Um, they are done with the intention of creating a piece of art that has an effect yeah. and and not just catering to, uh, you know, like, you know what kids love these, love these days? Uh, you know, blood and boobs. Yeah. And, and so that's the movie we're going to make instead of, like there there should be a reason for the movie to exist beyond the name recognition and an intent to make a few bucks on it. And yeah. I know I'm kind of repeating myself, but that's the thing that pisses me off the most is that cynical approach to filmmaking of there's not we, we can make this movie because we can not because mm-hmm. we should. Well, here's here's a, here's because here, we're obviously we're, we're focused on some things that, you know, um, where you know there's a they don't take it anywhere they just try and remake what's on the screen and you know miss the point and whatnot. Can we think of maybe ones where you know on not even on paper but it is taken in a different direction and it doesn't work. Um, so for me, one that comes to mind straight away is the Wicker Man remake, <laughs> where you know that that film is batshit crazy. I think we can all, that's Cage doing what Cage does, um, right. but. It's taken in a different direction. Um, I mean, fundamentally, the ending is kind of the same, but, you know, uh, not the bees bit, but, you know, I mean, the actual Wicker Man itself and being burned in it. Um, but they take it in a different direction. They change it around. They try and, they try and you know, mess with elements that made the original work and put their own stamp on it by, you know, giving this this island of, of you know, women, basically, uh, where the guys are almost emasculated and, uh, and whatnot and that doesn't work i mean that that film is an absolute fucking train wreck that that film should be shown to, to film students um and you know don't do this you know a rolled up newspaper slap on the nose don't do that bad <laughs> you know what i mean that is oh, that bro, to bro. me that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah go lie them um but you know can, can you think maybe bo off the top of your head a film where they take it in a different direction and the direction they take it doesn't work uh yeah i mean beyond oh man uh you know the the haunting i think <laughs> is a pretty good well, yeah. <laughs> but i would oh man to go back to carpenter uh i would argue his village of the damned mm. is is a horrible misfire um yeah and man i mean i uh, i love me some johnny c but <laughs> That seems like a movie that was made with the intent of of maybe broaching the sci-fi elements a bit more, mm-hmm. and it just it's just dumb and bad. 
Um, and I, and I would also say that, that uh, something like The Shining, even though it was a, a, a miniseries yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to just a remake of, of the Kubrick film. But that's sort of one of those deals where, yes, you can get closer to the book, but that's not always such a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. So, yeah, I, I mean, it... I mean, it's hard to make a good movie for Beginsies. Um, there are just so many things that can go wrong at any step of, of production or writing or whatever that to then bear the burden of sharing the name with a movie that people really like is, I mean, you got to have some balls to do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so... You know, but I would I would respect a movie more that tries to do something different and fails. Like I, I'm mm-hmm. much more interested in that remake than a remake like you know the Friday the Thirteenth or something like that. Even Halloween, which I think is a disaster, I think is mm-hmm. a, at least an interesting disaster because it has its own perspective. Right, right, Ryan. What right, about you? Right, I was literally going to say The Shining. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was coming out. It, the fact that somebody, let alone, okay, would have the balls to say, okay, we're going to replace Jack Nicholson with the dude from Wings, and <laughs> everyone will accept it. You know, n- n- no pressure whatsoever. Just go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> you know, the fact that they had the balls to do that, or we'll say Stephen King had the absolute ridiculous idea to do this, is a failure alone. And then you get a kid that uh, his teeth alone make the film worse (laughs) and and get their own villain right absolutely absolutely he looks like an angry beaver (laughs) and what about you jamie well village of the damned and both village of the damned and the wicker man were two that i would throw under there under that category completely i actually enjoy the shining um, uh, I do. Now, I do. Really? Yes, I do. Cinematically, Kubrick was is a well was a genius. I mean, and and to look at the original version of The Shining, it is it is a feast for the senses. It is mm-hmm. every shot is amazing, and it is just you can't. I mean, the color palette, the framing, is just unreal. But I do actually appreciate what was done with the remake of The Shining. I happen to be, I really like Steven Weber. I think he was more successful with The Turn. And then, because I've already mentioned the whole Jack Nicholson syndrome in the beginning. I just don't think that was a very successful turn. I think Steven Weber did that better. I do like the fact that they attempted to go closer to the book. I liked Rebecca de Mornay. Um, so I really don't have any issue with that. I think cinematically, like taking them, you know, clearly the Kubrick film is a much better film. There is no argument there. Mm-hmm. But as far as attempting to tell the story, I really don't have any issues with what the remake did. Mm-hmm. But um, you've already mentioned the the Wicker Man and Village of the Damned, which I think fall into that. That's actually what I was going to say. So you got me. And you've already mentioned one that I think totally fits that Prom Night remake is one that they take in a different direction and for what purpose? Yeah. Yeah. Does not, yeah. Does not work. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to work at all. Mark, um, can you think of one? 
Uh, I was try- I was just trying to read about the Fog remake and remind myself of why I hated it so much because I I remember it being just abs- <laughs> yeah, it's, I remember it's, being it's like nice. absolutely fucking disgusted with it when it first came out, but I couldn't remember <laughs> why. And yeah, I, honestly, I think trying to remake Carpenter just sounds like a fucking terrible idea, and especially do it like doing it as a PG thirteen movie. Oh my mm. god, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's one that's up there. Don't don't take Carpenter and try and do something completely different with it because your chances of it succeeding are not good, not good at all. Some of the choices they made as far as the story goes with the Fog remake, just I'm I was just astounded. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> because I really think they, that they... his version of the Fog is close to perfect. Right. I think my biggest beef with it was taking like the really, really scary, silent fucking leper pirates and turning them into Scooby Doo villains. <laughs> badly, badly animated ones at that. Yeah. <laughs> and also the fact that every character in the movie is a child. You know, the thing yeah. that for me about uh, that I enjoy so much about the original Fog. And we kind of touched on this recently when we were talking about the movie Visiting Hours, that there is a place for horror movies that involve grownups. And yeah. the, the fog is, you know, all about the history of this town and the, you know, the curse visited upon it. And I mean, there's a child in the movie that's put in danger. Um, but beyond that, it's, you know, it's grownups dealing with grown up shit. And and that's one of my bigger problems too with like remaking a movie and then kind of younging it it, it up a little bit mm. is mm. that young people are fucking stupid. Um, right. like from the <laughs> from the the age of conception until about thirty, people are fucking dumb, and it's not their fault. It's just they haven't lived very much, mm-hmm. and so I I get real fed up uh, a lot of times with movies that involve teenagers and i really get pissed off when they remake a movie and fill it with a bunch of kids instead of grown-ups yeah yeah uh, here, here's one here's one i'd throw in right um i don't know how many have seen the original one because the original one is like what we would class as incredibly low budget as in like the battery budget but um in 2010 there was a film came out it came out from uruguay and it was called uh, the silent house Oh yeah. oh yeah, and this yeah right. So this was remade to Silent House, right? Because we we need to disassociate the word the from the title because <laughs> you know we don't want that because that just confuses people. But the original comes out, and the original sold on the premise that it's completely shot in one take, right? Right. That's that that's how it comes out. So uh, you know it's put forward as that, which I mean we, we can kind of see through that. You know what I mean it, like it, it wasn't shot in one take. You can see where it. There's bits where, you know, the camera pans over to a, a black area and then continues on. And that's where they've done the cut, right? Well, I understand that. But I really liked that idea, you know, that's how it was put forward. So then you get a remake which sells itself on the same, right? So it sells itself on the premise that it's shot in one long take, right? Which we know it isn't. Um, so fundamentally, they base a remake... Of a film, and I, I don't particularly. I think the remake's alright. I don't think it's great. I think Elizabeth Olsen is fantastic in the film, but the film itself is not actually all that good. Um, 
But yeah, basically what they do is when you see the original, you know the original, you don't know it's done that way. The, the filmmakers have basically since come out and said it wasn't done that way. So why do a remake that claims that it's doing the same thing when we know it isn't? You know, I, I don't understand that. So that, to me, when when that's what's sold on, this premise is what's sold on, and it doesn't do that, I don't understand the need for that remake at all. And, and that might fall under unnecessary, but I just don't think it's a particularly good horror film, except for the main character's good performance. Um, have any of you seen the original at all? No. 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 Yeah, I have seen the original, but I didn't like that one anyway. <laughs> Right, right. I I you... never saw the original film, but I did see the remake. I mean, I was aware of the original. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was a movie that eh, kind of went nowhere pretty fast. And yeah. and I actually like uh, Elizabeth Olsen quite a bit. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, that's not very good. Uh, but, uh, you know, that might fall into that category of uh, sort of, uh, you know, we are what we are in most recent recently all cheerleaders die where there's yeah. this original low budget film and you know hollywood sniffs a, a few dollars on it and decides like hey we're gonna remake this and and well in the in fairness like all cheer all all cheerleaders die is lucky mckee you know tossing his hat in the ring on that one and i'll uh i'll certainly follow where he goes but right. um he, believe it or not he directed the original though That's did he really remaking. did he yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm actually. I had to do a bit. I'm. I'm interviewing him on Tuesday. Um, Lucky McGee, a, you're interviewing. Yeah, yeah. I got, oh. I've got a screener for his new film, so I'm Fantastic. getting a chance to to, to interview him and uh, Chris Severston, uh, who is the guy who's also worked on this as well. But they originally made the film in 2001, so they're remaking their own intellectual property. Which baffles me. It's my first question: Is why remake a film you've already made, um, twelve years apart from the original? Well, the um, George Romero did the same thing, you know, with yep. with uh, you know, the writing of the Night of Living Dead remake, you know, to yeah. finally get you, some profit off it. Right. Well, and you kind of wonder if maybe the issue isn't, you know, twelve years ago he wasn't the director and didn't have the money to make the film as he wanted to and Mm -hmm. so rather than let somebody else remake it 10 years from now why not do it yourself right yeah you know i i I can totally see that we've already talked about the the grudge remake was done by the same director and he brought over quite a lot of the same actors the the same young boy and the same uh kind of creaky crooky woman um ghost thing were the same two that had appeared in the original Geon so I mean he he was the one behind that but yeah I mean let's let's move on from bad for a second right um and what we're going to do is we're going to take a very very quick break and when we come back we're going to we're going to touch on some of the unnecessary which I mean it's still a, a a heated topic maybe not as much as the bad but we're going to couple up the unnecessary with a, a small segment at the end of that which are horror films that we think would actually benefit from a remake or a reboot which you know we'll just throw those ideas out there so we're going to take a very quick break and uh, when we come back it's the unnecessary right after this No! 
Ah, welcome back. And now we're going to discuss some unnecessary horror remakes. So these ones might not necessarily be the worst ones we've seen, but we just don't understand why they exist. So, um, we'll kick us off with some Jamie Jenkins. All right. Um, the Omen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, I actually quite like that film as well, but I can see where you're coming from. I mean, it's just basically the same movie. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand the need for it. I don't think it was bad. When I went to see it, I, it's not like I walked out going, I'm really angry at this. I was just befuddled. I'm like, so yeah. um, why? You know, that was all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd like to throw into the ring here, and I think it's it's fairly well received. I mean, uh, one of the actors got... Um, uh, didn't he get didn't he get the Oscar for this? But Cape Fear. Mm. Yeah. I almost brought that up. I wasn't sure if how uh, how that how horry it is, but uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I I think it's I mean it's Scorsese. I think it's I think the the performances are really good in it. Uh, obviously, they won awards, um, but. I just don't necessarily see the need for it at all. I just don't mm-hmm. see what it does better than the original. Well, you got that whole Juliet Lewis sucking on his thumb thing, which mm. is just—I don't know—that just even now <laughs> thinking about that, it just really. <laughs> 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 I, I didn't need that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Bo? Uh, I think as far as un necessary goes i don't think you have to look too much further than the recent carrie remake yeah mm. uh i mean that's you know we discussed it where they were campaigning on the idea of oh no no this is much closer to the book and meanwhile it's the same fucking movie <laughs> as the De Palma one with you know maybe slightly better effects and way less art mm. um and you know i mean there there are plenty i mean how many times are they going to remake invasion of the body snatchers i mean we talked about the the great philip kaufman yeah uh remake in the 70s and then you have you know body snatchers yeah which is terrible and then you have the invasion which is terrible yeah and <laughs> it, it's like look we've made then that movie successfully of, which was just the worst yeah but <laughs> of the coming soon um but but it you know you're kind of flirting with disaster because you've already made that movie successfully twice. Yeah. And, and once is hard twice is, <laughs> is really mind blowing that there are two really good versions of that film that are very different. Yeah. And then you make two or three others that are just like, yeah, this has been done so much better before. I mean, I would, I would probably include the haunting on that list just because yeah. how do you make that movie better? Uh-huh. You know, and, and I think that's the question you have to ask yourself when you're doing a remake, you know, and something like Friday the 13th isn't that tough because, you know, Friday the 13th is just a slasher movie. It's it's got its charms, but it's not high art or anything. And hmm. you can make a better version of that film. Uh, I don't know that you can say the same for you know, Halloween or the fog or, you know, it's just that those movies are just about perfect. Yeah. So, uh, you know, even nightmare on Elm street, I I think you can make a modern version of that. Um, the one that they came up with, I I would have categorized as unnecessary Mm -hmm. because I, I think it fails that basic litmus test of, can we do this better than the original did it? 
Mm-hmm. Right. Right. What about you, Ryan? Um, I would think an, un- an honest, uh, unnecessary one that comes to mind, I would probably say uh, Quarantine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. You watched Wreck. That movie is good enough on its own. We don't need a dumbed-down American version of this film. Mm-hmm. We don't. And honorable mention, I'd say even uh, Let Me In. You watch Let the Right One In. That film is perfect. Yeah. It's perfect in every way. It's And what did they do for this? They made the exact same movie, just added some CGI in it. And it's completely unnecessary. There we go, Mark. Uh unnecessary remake that i don't think is necessarily a bad movie but definitely just seemed kind of pointless was the crazies yeah uh like the the original the crazies plays out kind of like a proto dawn of the dead like without zombies basically but a lot of the same ideas and like kind of aesthetic style mm-hmm. and the remake of the crazies it feels like it could be a fucking sequel to the dawn of the dead remake and i feel like it suffers a lot of the same problems it's not the remake of The Crazies is, has a lot of emotion to it, and it has some pretty okay performances, like I think a lot better than the Dawn of the Dead remake. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it suffers similarly in that it's not really thought-provoking at all. It's about as shallow as a kiddie pool. And yeah. um, the, the original The Crazies, you know, it has some really, really dark bits, and... It just felt way ahead of its time, and by the time the Crazies remake came out, it felt kind of like old hat. Yeah, yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. I'm throwing in the hitcher. Jamie, is okay uh... this time? Yes, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> right. So obviously, <laughs> obviously, the hitcher came from, as Bo had mentioned earlier, Platinum Dunes, um, and they they put out this film, which the original hitcher is in probably I would say my top ten horror films of all time. Mine too. Yeah, I think it's an absolutely fantastic film, and I think Rutger Hauer in that film is easily one of the most menacing characters ever shot in film. I think he just plays it so creepily and so straight down the line in that film that even just an inflection in his eye movement, you know, can evoke complete cynicism. Uh, no cynicism, sinister. Um, or, or, you know, like, uh, he, he, he's, there's an unnerving performance from him there that just makes it feel really strange to watch and what you do is you get this remake right which brings nothing new to the table at all um it replaces him with sean bean who like is a is a good actor he's not a terrible actor he's he's had some really good films he's had some really bad films but you know they put him in the role and he's just very wooden and the film just doesn't have the same gravity or i felt nothing about the torturing of this character um, mm-hmm. at all. I, I felt absolutely... There was no feeling behind it at all. I just didn't see the purpose of remaking this film at all because they don't bring anything new to the table. Um, and that's that's one that... I, I mean, as, in recent memory anyway, one that I thought, oh, they're remaking that film. That could be quite interesting. Um, I don't know where you take that film. And this is the unnecessary tag. You know, I don't know where you take it, which makes it different, but I'll go and see it. No. Just such a letdown. Oh, really it was bland really and yeah. heart and soulless and just complete. And I'm not taking anything away from Sean Bean. Mm-hmm. I really like Sean Bean, but he's no Rucker Hauer. He's and, not. And, no, no. and I, I don't see anyone even attempting to be Rucker Hauer. In, um, and then, you know, just the role revert, like switching this, the roles doesn't make it better. Yeah. You know, that doesn't even really make it different. 
It's yeah. just, you know, look, we did, we did too. We did too something different. Look, no, that doesn't count. <laughs> what, about, what about the, I'll throw one out here. What about the Wolfman remake? Mm, I'm not um, terribly against that film. Yeah. I'm really I, not. I wouldn't call it unnecessary. I don't think for me, it's a very good movie, mm-hmm. but I, I see the reason to remake the Wolfman in a modern context. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, I don't think the, the end result was very good. Yeah, I mean, but the, in the case of this one, they remake it, but they remake it as a period film. Yeah, I mean, I, I really would like to see that film play it now. You know, like if we're gonna do if we're gonna do a remake or you know a reimagining or whatever of the Wolfman, play it out in the you know in twenty twenty ten. Oh we'll shit! And didn't they basically do that with American Werewolf in London? Yeah, but even even American Werewolf in London is is you know that's an eighties film, and you know bring it bring it forward, try something different. I, I mean, and I I think like I I'm, and I'm not I'm not a, and Jamie's going to shout at me. I, I I don't particularly think that the original Wolfman is a spectacular film. I think it's a good film, but I've, it's not. And then you bring these big named that you bring Benicio del Toro and An- Anthony Hopkins, and I'm like. Right here we go. We're go- we're going we're going to do something, and and then they put in a period setting, and I just don't I don't feel that they actually. To me, it felt unnecessary. If you if you're going to take the 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 the, the mythos of the wolf man, put it now. Try it now. You know what I mean? And yeah. There have there have been. And I know what you're saying, Ryan. There's been loads of werewolf films modernized and taken in different kind of things. But try try let's try and take the original. The original classic and just remake it in modern times. Uh, so at least you're giving it some sort of, some sort of need. I just don't. I, I. It's not that it's a bad film. I don't think it's a particularly bad film. I just don't think it was necessary because I watched it and thought, well, this is not going to make me want to not watch the previous version. You know, this isn't overwritten. It. It's not now that when I think of the Wolfman, I'll think of the 2010 version. I'll still think of the one from the 40s. Right, right. I could, I could see that, but yeah. for some reason, with me, this is just me personally, my personal taste. There's something about the idea of a werewolf that, for me, works better in a period. Uh-huh. You know, period. Piece. Yeah, it I does. Can... It, it feels more at home in that era. You know, so it's something around today with so much technology we have and everything else. You know, you'd see this werewolf running around with people taking his picture on their iPhone and everything else. <laughs> and you, I'm sure you could do something with that and make it visceral and something that could be even amazing. But my initial thought is the original, it, and which is why I was okay with the second one. Okay, it's still a period piece, so I could see this beast running around and what are these people going to do about it? Yeah, I mean, you run the danger of... I suppose to an extent, if you modernise it, you run the danger of having the what was the name of the Jack Nicholson one? Oh, Wolf. Wolf. Yes. Wolf. Yeah, yeah. Which is the essentially a, a kind of similar premise, but put in right. modern day and doesn't necessarily meet. I actually his... like that quite a bit. I like I, so do I. I, I. I like his. <laughs> I like his performance. I don't necessarily like. Is it? Is it James Spader? Yeah, the Spader. I, don't, I don't I really don't like his character, and I really. I, and I know you're not supposed to. He's supposed to be slimy and. You know, try to get up the the, the suckle on the corporate teeth, so to speak. But mm. um, I think Nicholson's performance is really good. I like Pfeiffer's performance in it. But there's a couple of performances in that one that drag that film down for me. That when I watch it back, I'm like, if you'd just done this differently, you know, if you just cast this person instead or went down a slightly different road, I could have been a little bit. And, and this is one of the few Jack Nicholson films where at the beginning he actually, I mean, we're talking. This is the anti-shining, you know, and the shining. He's sinister from the outset. 
you know, right through. At the beginning of um, of Wolf, he does actually play a character where you do kind of feel sorry for him. Um, and then right, when, but let's think if you know if your wife was Shelley Duvall, you'd yeah. be pretty sinister all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she does she does look a wee bit needy. <laughs> yeah. I you know in in the realm of the unnecessary uh I would also think that the psycho remake that we've talked about uh-huh. like just again it fails the basic litmus test of does the original suffer in some way yeah right. that would deserve a remake and then making the choice to not change anything substantially about it and the uh, reasonings alone that, that we are doing this because we feel there's a lot of young people today that won't watch the original because it's black and white. So we're going to make the same fucking movie. Yeah. That I don't, I never, ever, ever am okay with. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you if you don't have the good sense to watch a film because it's black and white, then you're just missing out and I don't give a shit about you. Right. It's to, They have forgotten the fact that at least I think this and, you know, tell me if you agree. I feel that the horror audience is some of the most intelligent people you'll ever meet. I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. yeah. But. Well, look at all of us. Aside, right. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> but, but, wow. No, I mean, he knows I'm kidding. Don't but you? the corporate mentality that they have is that we're all just we just want to see the splatter we just want to see you know the modern we just want to see this that, and the other thing and they can't think of us as a viable market of people that have something to say and want to hear something that's going to provoke some kind of thought process in us not just regurgitation of the same bullshit yeah and i think that's what horror does on the whole i mean the entire time i've been i've been doing anything within the genre whether it's been reviewing films or interviewing people or writing about it or talking about it or whatever the fuck my my goal the entire time has been trying to prove to the rest of the world who thinks that we are the redheaded step- stepchildren of film genres that horror has more to say than any other genre out there you can easily take a look at horror in any decade or any generation, look at it, and that tells you more about society and what's going on than anything else. I mean, what I personally believe that what what scares people defines them uh, better than anything else. Mm-hmm. And the and the horror genre is constantly having something to say, yeah. but for some reason, because it's labeled as horror, people you know dismiss it, and that angers me because I do think that we are some that that horror films are some of the most intelligent films out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well said. Definitely, I think um, I, like we were obviously saying that the the argument that's put forward that it'll make you know it'll get people interested in in horror, you know, and you know because they might not be able to find the original or check out the original or whatnot. I mean, in a lot of respects, if you are like special within, and I know Ryan and Mark and Jamie to an extent, maybe not necessarily Bo have an affinity for for metal music. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, that when you when you get into metal music, you are you, you get into oh, metal's a really good example actually. When you get into metal music, you get into most of the times you're either brought up in an environment where you know your parents are listening to it, your older brother or sister are listening to it, or your or your friends are, and you get introduced to certain bands, and then you pick out what you like, genre wise, and then you explore what preceded that. To get a better understanding of why the band that you like—I mean, if you like, 
for example, if, if you like a band like Slipknot, Slipknot's an example, right? If you like a band like Slipknot and then you listen to that band, you will jump back and listen to bands like Slayer, Pantera, Metallica, you know, bands that influenced them. And there's a good chance that you'll like that because that band in itself have been influenced by what's come before. Horror's the same thing. If you if you start getting into horror films, if you find out that you like zombie films, you're gonna go back and check Romero. Because you don't like horror you don't like zombie films if you've not checked out Romero. Um you know if you if you start getting into if you watch Scream, if Scream's your gateway film in there, you I mean if that's what if you like Scream, you're gonna check the films that influence Scream or are mentioned in the film Scream because that's just I mean that's giving you what you like because that film is influenced by it all that you go back and check these things out and whilst I can understand the thing of them saying well kids today you know kids today have access almost at a finger touch now to libraries of historical horror films that date right back at the touch of a button now we shouldn't be in a position where we're saying it'd be difficult if it was you know it was hard for them to find it if they had to do what I did which was import a, a DVD from Germany and have to wait five weeks on it arriving to sit down and finally see the film. Uh, today, you can touch a button and watch it straight away. So that argument to me has always been one that's been a bit cookie because I don't understand... You know, kids can see anything they want now, pretty much unrestricted, legally or illegally, that it's never really made much sense to me. And the the excuse of, well, we, we made the Friday the 13th remake uh, because, you know, we're fans of the original and when people have seen this film for the first time, they'll go back and check the original. No, they won't. It was a terrible <laughs> film. If if I went to see that was my if that was my if that was my first in, first ever view in a Friday the Thirteenth, I would have sat there and thought to myself, why would I want to check out anything else like that? You know what I mean? You've just you you've you've destroyed the prospect of people going back to check it out. And it's the difference between bad ones, unnecessary ones, and the good ones. Like we said at the start, the good ones are the ones that are made from a like Bo put it like from a pure point of you know either being a you know a, a genuine fan of the original and feeling you can bring something to it try to take it in a different direction that works some of them don't um or fluke <laughs> do you know what i mean that could be it as well some people just get fluky um I, i'm i'm kind of with what you said at the beginning bo about the fright night remake i think there's a lot in that that actually works um a couple of things i don't like and the tenant performance especially is one that i'm just like i don't i don't like you in this role at all but Colin Farrell is a, a vampire. Hell yeah. I didn't think he could do it. So I loved it. So. Yeah. And, you know, also I think that with a lot of remakes and, and the argument about, well, we're, we're updating this for the audience of today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think kind of shits on the idea that art isn't there to cater to you mm-hmm. it is there to exist unto itself and the people who will uh, respond to it generally are going to find it yeah um you know with something like the haunting or psycho yeah they're you know older films and they have some of the trappings of being an older film uh, whether it, you know, if for those idiots who say, like, I can't watch black and white movies. Um, <laughs> I've run into that a couple of times. It's like, you know, you're cutting yourself off from truly great cinema. But yeah. all right. Uh-huh. You're cutting yourself uh, off from decades well, of cinema. <laughs> and both of those film films predated all of us, yet we managed to find them. Yeah. Mm, 
Right. You know, all of the right. universal classics predate us. You know, we did the work to go back and find films that were, that we consider good. It's not like we've all been around since the beginning of cinema. You know, mm -hmm. so we like, oh, we just took it all in as it came. You know, no, we, every one of us has taken the time to go back and do the work and find what we like and find what was worthy and then latch on to it. The fact that we are, are now having to spoon feed these generations who don't want to take the time to do it, that's bullshit. If you don't want to take the time to do it, then you miss out. Yeah, I, I just think it, it underrepresents how good those original movies are to say, well, they were good at the time. Yeah. And, and that may be the case for some films, but for the most part, you know, all of those movies still have something to say. Uh, on their own merits. Yeah, you know? sure. Uh, I mean, the messages are the messages are timeless, you know, regardless of the you know how the special effects were or you know what it looks like. I think that the it's still saying the same thing, and we as humans still have we still wrestle with the same things we've wrestled with from the beginning of time. You know, mm -hmm. we're we're all humans straight through, and we have the same problems. You know, now it's a little bit more technological, and now we have you know. First world problems, but but the the big issues have always remained and they always will. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. I, I I don't think the studios really understand nowadays that part of the charm of a lot of those old movies is that they are very what you'd call of the time, and that's why people like them is because they you know especially like eighties movies come to mind. That's mm -hmm. part of the charm is they were made of the time. So like trying to remake it for kids nowadays, it seems kind of pointless because a lot of the you know, it's a whole different fucking world than it was back in the eighties. I mean, you imagine, you imagine a studio trying to remake monster squad now, which I'm sure they're already talking about. I, it. I, I, yeah. I believe that's in the works actually. I mean, yeah. I, that, that, that in itself, I don't know how you do that. I, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know how you do that. Um, cause that film is eighties through and through and God, I love it for being eighties through and through. Right. Um, I, I, you know, that's one of the, that's one of the, the things that goes hand in hand with, with the film that makes it just that, that there's an era of nostalgia about it. Just like Bo was saying, certain f to, to, like, we were saying about dumbing down things for, for younger generations, right? If we look slightly outside horror and we look at a film like Inception, for example, right? Or mm. this year's interstellar both nolan films christopher nolan films and christopher nolan makes kind of high concept action films um which you know you need a bit of not you don't need you need attention you need attention span to watch something like inception or it's just going to fly over the top of your head right and you're probably going to feel confused for most of it but right. that film did ridiculous business right did so fucking well and uh, interstellar from what i gather is going to be the same idea so there is a market out there for people who want to see films that have a bit of substance and a bit of intellect behind it. And I don't understand that, like we said before, horror is the voice basically for taking things, um, social commentary, um, or, or having a message. It's one of the genres specifically that works at conveying these sort of things if it's done correctly. That, you know, that hasn't, that ethos hasn't, we don't have horror directors, maybe that's the case, that have the, the kind of, the drive of a Nolan to push through these sort of ideas. I don't understand why we don't have it though, because if that's not what our genre is there to facilitate, I don't understand its purpose. Um, a horror genre really should be, yeah, it's about making films that people enjoy, but it's also, like we've said, 
from the ones that work is about conveying a message. Um, and we just don't seem to get that. And that's not me shitting on... Like, I thought last year was a really good year for horror. I enjoyed a, a whole hell of a lot of what I saw. Um, mm. And I think this year's been kind of lukewarm, but there's a couple that I'm looking forward to. Um, if we then say, right, we've obviously talked about unnecessary ones, let me just ask you, is there a film that you think is absolutely 100% crying out for a remake? A film that you have seen that you think, you know, if they remade this film and just did this, it would be so much better. And what I'll do is I'll start with Bo. Uh, yeah, I do. In fact, um, <laughs> I even wrote the script. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, I should probably go ahead and say it because I don't, I don't know that anything's actually moving with it. But um, the movie Waxwork. Mm. Uh, oh, which, really? Which no. I think is a kind of shitty movie. No. <laughs> I really uh, like Waxwork, Bo. It's, no. yeah, I mean, there are things I really like about it, but I think the ending is terrible. I think uh, there, there's a lot of shit wrong with that movie. Uh-huh. But but it, it that's why I really like the idea of a remake of that film, even if it's not the one I wrote. Uh, uh-huh. um, not by myself, of course. Like, David had a hand in that, and... Yeah, then other fucking people are going to get their hands on it. Um, but <laughs> it's, it, oh, it's such a such a shitty experience. But um, yeah, I think that's a movie that could be way better in a different form. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. There we go. <laughs> if anyone ever heard the Devour show where we discussed that film, that was the first time that David and Bo broke me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was, yeah. uh, was kind of brutal was really ugly it was really ugly i wasn't the same for quite a while after that <laughs> i sort of slipped into this i mean bo do you remember I, I like slipped into this bit of silence where i just didn't know what to do i i, I was lost in my head for a while i was very confused. right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a, lost like a babe in the woods um, i was i was you know rocking back and forth in a corner for probably half an hour <laughs> the, uh, two others i would mention real quickly though uh-huh. I, I would love to see uh, within my lifetime uh, World War Z remade. Oh only yeah, like the just book. make the book. <laughs> just make yeah. the fucking book. Yeah, make it sixteen and, hours long. And, right, <laughs> or like the HBO miniseries would be perfect. Uh, that that's what I'm hoping for. But the other thing is, uh, and this is probably going to ruffle some feathers, Uh-oh. but I think you could remake Return of the Living Dead in a really fun way. Oh, oh man, I was actually going to say earlier that that's one that I don't think that like you definitely can't really sell like anything similar to the old one to kids nowadays. Because first of all, there's no fucking punk rockers anymore. That's just a breed <laughs> of people that have like died off slowly. Right? They'd have a bunch of emo kids uh, dancing on tombstones. <laughs> yeah. That's a movie I don't want to see made. But <laughs> what do you think? What, what, what do you think, Bo? Why? Why? I want to hear your idea about this. Well, I all right. I think there is a lot of great stuff about Return of the Living Dead. It's one of one of my favorite zombie films for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the sensibility of that film, uh, I, and I don't mean necessarily the punk rockers and so forth, but I think the idea of taking the zombie movie and kind of giving the canon the finger and saying, "Here's this other different kind of zombie movie we're going to do." 
Um, I and you could probably do just as well by making a movie that's not called Return of the Living Dead. But I like the idea of a zombie movie that kind of upends the apple cart and mm-hmm. and says, like, all your all, what you expect from a zombie movie isn't what you're going to get. Um, we're going to actually show you some really gory shit. It's going to be very bleak and very nihilistic, but also subversively funny. Like that kind of zombie movie, I, I long for these days because I don't think there that such an animal has existed in a while. Mm-hmm. And again, you could call it something else, and I'd be just as happy. But I, I like the idea of seeing Return of the Living Dead in a modern context that has the same attitude, that kind of fuck you attitude that that movie has. Uh, I would love to see that. In, in in today's cinema. Mm. All right. I could get behind that. I, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> well, go for it, Mark. Mark, tell us, is there one that okay. you... I've got a great one, and it's actually one that's they've talked about for a million years. I'm pretty sure they're not going to do it the way I want it to, do, uh, to be done. Like, there's a couple stipulations, and it's Day of the Dead. Um, I would only want to see it if George Romero is, you know, involved more than just a name only kind of deal, you know, executive producer or whatever. Uh-huh. And I want to see the original script for it that George didn't get a chance to do because they, it would have cost too much and he would have had to do it R rated. And it was just like, for those that don't know, it was just way bigger. It had like boat chases and shit and just all this expensive stuff. It was way like bigger on the post apocalyptic thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I absolutely love the original. It's like one of my favorite of any genre for sure. But I, I would love to see what that original movie could have been with if George could have got a lot more money. And the Amina come... Suvari film didn't do it for you? And that's what I was going to say. And I've never even gone there. Fuck oh, that it's... movie. Oh, it's fucking <laughs> terrible. It was actually on my bad list. So it's, a, you know, yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's that not. that movie is almost relentlessly stupid. <laughs> like like it just beats you down with how terrible it is. <laughs> uh, right, we'll jump to Jamie then. Jamie. Hmm. Oh, when I did have an unnecessary one that we didn't bring up. That was the Rosemary's Baby recent television thing. Yep, you're you're you're, you're kind of stealing my thunder for the next. Oh part, shit! <laughs> fucking doing that. I'm sorry. Kind of stealing my thunder here. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Um, as far as, um, as things that I would like to see remade, interestingly enough, I always thought The Crazies was one that I would like to have seen have some decent budget thrown at it and um, you know, maybe given the opportunity to explore something more. And I, I was not – so when that, when that remake came along, I was looking forward to it. And I really was not disappointed. I like it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But um, I did recently – well, last weekend – rewatch the Romero version – I do really love the bleakness of that film and yeah. the emotional points that he hits on, especially toward the end. It's it's kind of heartbreaking. It really is. And so I think if, if anything, when Mark was talking earlier about the, the Crazies remake, I do – as much as I was okay with that, I do have to kind of agree that I wish that they had um, made it a little more – uh, more emotionally dark and, and really sort of wrenched at you because there are scenes in the Romero version that really that make me cry. Yeah. I mean, they're just that wrenching. And so um, 
But anyway, but I was okay with that one. That was one that I had always thought could would be okay with a remake. And so apart from that, I think I would actually like to see, and this has been talked about, and I'm not sure where it is right now, but I would really like to see a new version of Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh. That is that is the creature is my all time favorite Universal monster. Uh huh. I I love that film, but I would be very interested to see what someone could do with it now, if <laughs> they had a deep love for the original and wanted to do sort of a a Carpenter Cronenberg type remake, not yeah. you know not just one of these. Yeah, we're gonna make a fancy remakes. I want someone to to take that film and put a lot of love and care into it. And I think that it could probably be a good thing. So I would, I would like to see that. Cool, cool. Do you think in a million cool. years? Do you think in a million years, if they actually did a creature remake, that they would just have it be a guy in a suit? No, no. it'd be no. All, all and that's CGI that's the dub. thing that that's the thing that would after after seeing what was done with the Wolfman, it kind of scares me uh, because um, I don't want that. That's not what I want. I don't want a bunch of CGI. I want, you know, I want something more than that. And uh, so, yeah, I don't I don't think that they would. And that so that does frighten me. But if someone would have the balls to do it, I would love to see it. I mean, I, I, they, could, they, could, they could go. I mean, a good example, in fact, a very recent example, the new Godzilla film. There are sequences where Godzilla is walking around and I swear to God, it's like a CGI version of a man in a suit. They've just got. Them, <laughs> I swear, and that that is such a that that's a massive tick for that film. That there are sequences where he's walking and he's moving. That is very much how a human wearing a Godzilla suit would walk. And I, when I watched it at the time, I was like, no, fucking no way. And then the, the more I watched it, the mannerisms and everything about that. So they can do it, and I think technology's there. Look at computer games. How how you know that that's kind of moving now that you can do decent CGI realistic looking interpretations of monsters. It costs a lot of money and takes a lot of time, but it can be done. Um, I don't know if uh, studios have the patience for that though. One that I I think could be remade well using modern CGI is the. Uh, <laughs> 1950s giant ant classic of them oh i love them i do too and i think that's a movie that could be remade using modern technology that could be fucking mind-blowingly good yeah yeah i, th- I would agree with that I would, I would really like to see that um i'll throw a couple out here um because i think ryan's vanished again um right and this one slightly controversial right um and that i don't think there's probably any need this probably falls under the unnecessary camp but i would really like to see a remake of the stuff (laughs) sure yeah Uh, i I can see that i totally want to see a modern interpretation of that a lot darker you know still have the same kind of tongue-in-cheek humor but just darker um I would really... I don't know why. Don't ask me why. I just... I really love that movie. I would love to see that happen. What I'm looking forward to, actually, is the Maniac Cop remake. Because Mm -hmm. I love that movie. I really do love that movie. But I don't... uh, Beholden it to any sort of statute that, you know, this film can never be remade. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not that sort of movie. It's a dumb movie. And I love it because it's dumb. Um, I would love to see 
where that goes and the fact that Bill Lustig is, you know, he's he's behind the project, he's worked on it um, in the background and he's, I think he's picked the 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 director who I don't know if they have mentioned yet or the and the writer you know are are his choices which gives to me from you know that makes me in a position where I'm like I'm quite like to see that happen and I, I don't think that the message in that film what little message there is in that film has really changed if anything police brutality is something that we still have and police are still revered in such a term that people trust. You know, if someone flashes a badge, people trust that inherently. Um, not universally, uh, universally speaking. But yeah, I think that would. I, I I'm interested to see where that goes because I think there's a potential for a really good film in that. Don't yeah. Know if anyone else agrees? I, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I I no, I agree. I think that could be a lot of fun. I think actually, uh, you can see my penchant for giant monsters. Uh, <laughs> but I think you could remake Alligator in a really fun way as well. Oh man, I, oh. I I mean I I love alligator, mm. but oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> see, what, I was going I through. Would, I, would that be better? What was that? What, it, would tentacles be the better choice there? Yes, <laughs> yes, go with that. <laughs> okay, I'll go. I'll go with tentacles then. <laughs> or no, see, or the, as the Greeks call it, tentacles. The, uh, <laughs> the interesting thing is when I was trying to think of movies that I would be okay with remaking, I'm going down my shelves and I'm looking at them. And I'm just basically going, okay, look at old movies. What are you know what would be? And then it's like every time I fall on the same thing. It's like, well, no, fuck. Part of the reason I love that movie is because it is a product of when it was. Everything about it is charming. Everything about it is part of what it is. Like, like children shouldn't play with dead things you know that movie's 40 years old do i want to remake that fuck no you know um and alligator was actually one that i thought about and i'm like well we have the technology then and then i'm like but we don't really need technology that i think the the effects in that film still hold up i think it's okay you know it's 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 okay well, here's here's something that and it, it kind of touched on something that jamie had said right now we've obviously we've talked about horror remakes reboots we've talked about the the good the bad the unnecessary and then this brings us a slight aside here i just i kind of want to briefly touch on this but horror television right <laughs> um in terms of what is going on just now and obviously jamie mentioned and i've i've still to watch it but from what i've heard it's not high as a priority for me was the rosemary's baby one um and i've been hearing things but there is a whole hell of a lot of rebooting just now in horror television or taking characters and putting them in different scenarios. The The two that spring to mind just now are two heavy hitters, one being Hannibal, which I, I at the moment, haven't finished that second series, I would say it's on par, you know, right behind True Detective is my favourite television programme this year. I just think it's an absolutely wonderful television show. I think they just do everything right. Um, the other one, Bates Motel, is another one which is taking a character. We were saying the the Psycho remake was completely unnecessary. There was a lot of things that didn't work. However, take that character and give him a prequel story in a television setting and it seems to work. Um so, I mean, looking at that point of view, I mean, why do you think that telly seems to, in some respects anyway, seems to handle it better? Do you think it's because they have more time to develop a character? Or do you think it's because it is a prequel? And really, we know where the character ends up, because we've seen it in film, but we don't know where they started. What do you think, Bo? I, 
I think that may be part of it. And, you know, we, we were recently talking about Hannibal on Devour, and uh, I was saying that I'm the kind of asshole that prior to um, that movie coming out, or not that movie, but that television show premiering, I would have immediately told you that was a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. And having seen uh, both seasons so far, uh, I absolutely love it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it. I, I think part of it is being the expanded format, having the ability to tell a, a, a bigger story with a little more time and care devoted to it. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the creators involved. I, I think that's a show that could have been horrible. I haven't seen Bates Motel, so I, I can't speak to that. But you could definitely see how the, the show Hannibal could have been terrible from jump. Oh yeah. And it's not, you know, it's a really, really good show. Uh, So yeah, I, I mean, I think that's appealing. Plus you have uh, television in a state today where it draws big names and big actors. And there isn't a stigma like there was once upon a time where just because it's a television show, it doesn't mean it's inferior to film. And in fact, that seems to be reversing gradually. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's a combination of being able to get really good talent and having the time to tell a story in a way that you simply can't in, in a film. Mm-hmm. Jamie, you've watched Bates Motel. What's your what's your take on it? I love it. Mm. I, I love it so much that... Um... Sometimes I'm able to even forget where the character ends up and I'm so swept up in the story as it's going now that I find myself going, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen. Well, fuck, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's really no surprise there. But I'm having a really good time watching it get there. And Norma Bates is one of my favorite television characters at the moment. Oh, right she's, now. yeah. The, what's her, who's that, the plays her again? Um, Vera Farmiga. Yeah, she's a phenomenal actress. So she's yeah. like... Um, so, so I mean, obviously, have any of us seen the Rosemary's Baby television show yet? Yeah, I saw it. I watched it. Well, we had to cover it for evil episodes, so I watched right. it. And is it as bad as people have said? It's not so much that it's bad as that it's um, bloated. I think it's stretched and bloated. They took the the character of Hutch and split him into two different characters. I think it was as much to stretch the running time as to up the body count. Yeah. Um, I don't... The changes that they made were just not all that successful. I think that the performances were okay, but, you know, the... uh, We don't get the, the, the drama and the tension that you got from the original film, even at like right up to the end with the reveal of the devil baby, there's just not the emotion there that Mia Farrow brought to it. And it's not that I, and you know, if I'm, if I completely remove the Polanski film, uh, which I think is a, is a beautiful piece of art in and of its own, in and of itself and completely untouchable as far as that goes, I don't think it would be possible to top that. Um, I wasn't upset with them doing a a new version of it because I just, I'm just going in going, well, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't fix what's not broken. But um, even if I completely divorce it from the Polanski film, I just found this one to be 
just unnecessarily long. Mm -hmm. They stretched it over two nights when it, the story just isn't, it's not necessary to do that. And so it kind of dragged. I thought the first half was a little bit better than the second half. And I just sort of got tired of it. And when, by the time I got really tired of it, I looked and there was still an hour left. I'm yeah. like, oh, you know, <laughs> so that, that to me was its biggest thing is I got bored with it. Yeah, and obviously they're, they're now moving ahead with things like the, the Omen television um, show, which is, I don't know, I've read bits and bobs about that. and You know, it just seems that there's a lot of them pushing that way. I mean, I'm not as... Like, obviously, our attitudes have changed towards horror remakes in that, you know, like I said, last year in my top five, two horror remakes there that I thought were excellent. Um, and moving forward, like, things like Hannibal give me, and Bates Motel give me uh, less to worry about. I, like, I, I still have that kind of pang, you know, that comes up when I hear, you know, the omen get mentioned in terms of a television show and I'm like, oh no, what's the point? But then, like Bo was saying, we were like that with Hannibal and Hannibal works and it all depends who's involved with it. Um, kind of wrapping up this this kind of discussion here, I had done a bit of research earlier on and Forbes actually posted uh, an article last year which gave the top 20 horror remakes, successful horror remakes in terms of money, not necessarily critical acclaim of all time do you want me to read that list oh yeah let's hear it yeah go for it right at number 20 evil dead from 2013 okay. at number uh, number 19 my bloody valentine 3d at number 18 the step for wives numbers oh yeah <laughs> oh, i forgot about that one damn <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> number 17 dawn of the dead number 16 the texas chainsaw massacre number 15 the amityville horror Number 14, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Number 13, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Number 12, The Omen. 11 was The Wolfman. Number 10, and this one dismays me incredibly, was The Haunting. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Number 9 was The Grudge. 8 was Red Dragon. 7, Bram Stoker's Dracula. 6, The Ring. Five was Godzilla from 1998. We're lucky Ryan's not here just now because he would have hung up anyway. Sure, okay. sure. Yeah. <laughs> number four, The Mummy. Uh, number three, King Kong. Number two, and this is where Bo hangs up, I Am Legend. And number one, can you guess, <laughs> can you guess what the number one was? Friday the 13th. No. <laughs> Didn't even make the top 20, Jamie. That's fine. That's good. I, mean, I am okay with it's that. Probably one, it's probably one that I think is more of a horror film in the remake than it was necessarily in the first one. It's just because I think attitudes have changed. Um, anyone else want to take a guess? Oh, I... Uh, yeah, I can't think of what it would be. King, yeah. Peter Jackson, King Kong, mate? No, King Kong was at number three. So, number one, uh, believe it or not, War of the Worlds. Oh, shit. Oh wow! Oh okay, yeah. Nah, yeah. I, I I always think of the original as more. They forgot about that. I always think of the original as being more a sci-fi film, but I think that the remake itself is more a horror film. Um, that's just my take on it. Um, but yeah, what I find most, interesting is some of our favorites are the lowest on the list. Yeah, that's that's what that's exactly my point. The ones that have done the like the most success are the ones that not necessarily all of us were pointing out um and that's that to me is quite the fact that the haunting comes in in the top 10 is 
it, it blows my mind. It really does. I don't understand how that happens. But yeah, apparently that film took in uh, about one hundred and seventy-seven million US dollars. And oh, it's gen- that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking lot- money. Yep. So so there you go. So that was the the top twenty as published by Forbes. The article was from the twenty sixth of October twenty thirteen. So obviously those figures may have changed in terms of uh, the modern count. Ryan is still not with us. I've not been able to haul him back, which is a shame because we're we're going to tie up this uh, this first ever roundtable discussion. I hope you've all enjoyed it, folks. Um, you thought that was? Did you have fun? I had fun. Yeah, I thought you were talking to the audience. I, well, I was, and then I thought it would be better yeah. place uh, mentioning it to you guys. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't care if you guys have enjoyed it. That you guys aren't downloading it. So, uh, it's my listeners I care about. Love yeah. my listeners. <laughs> Absolutely. And, no, no, this was very fun. And I, I hope that, you know, it, it's so easy to immediately dismiss a remake. Um, and I hope that maybe the larger point to take out of this on on a more positive note is that remakes when done with the right intention can be pretty wonderful yeah yeah definitely i mean is that the same sentiment you're going to have when you see poltergeist no (sighs) i'm gonna cry man no i just with that one i just don't i i don't (laughs) i just don't see how you could have the a good oh my god i don't even Honestly, that's one where if the remakes. What do you say, Mark? Go ahead, Bo. Bo. I was was gonna say if. Shit, I'm sorry. Go go ahead, Mark. I'm shutting up. Sorry. If if they ever try and remake Suspiria, I'm gonna quit watching fucking movies. (laughs) Yeah, that's a bad idea. I don't think they ever will because I just don't think anyone. That's a movie executive just now has seen Suspiria and or knows about it. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't. I genuinely God, don't. I hope so. And, and it's the same reason that I was so surprised when we read that news article saying that The Sentinel's getting remade. And um, I remember seeing that film, but for the life of me, I can't remember fuck all that happens in it. Um, and the fact that someone's went, yeah, we need to remake this film because it'll bring in the big bucks. Don't understand it. Um I mean, we've also got, and this is a film that I don't think needs to be touched either, we've got The Changeling, which has been announced for remake. And then next year we get Friday the 13th, the third reboot of Friday the 13th, may I add, where basically they're resetting the the, the clock on it again and start from scratch with an origin story. Um, and we have, like I say, Poltergeist, or, or to name a few of the ones that will be dropping in the next two to three years, and it's... I mean, with all our talk about, you know, attitude changing and all the rest, there's some ones on there that still worry me, even though I know that it can be done. Maniac proves it can be done. Uh, the, the Fly, the you know, the Thing, these these films can prove that it can be done right, just like Bo was saying. But every now and again, all it needs to do is Poltergeist to be mentioned and remake and, you know, <laughs> instantly instantly revert back to my, my sceptical nature. So, What about the, the newer version of The Thing? The the prequel, the the yeah, which basically ended up being a remake, the, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't get that either. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I I think to me, uh, once again, it's one of these ones that I I just don't. It, it's it's someone trying to remake it, but with 
And I mean, it is to me, it's a remake. Someone try to remake it, but what they're they're trying to do is all the things that make the thing such a wonderful film, that sense of claustrophobia, the absolutely ahead of its time practical effects are completely done CGI and look nasty. They don't look good, and it just doesn't have the same clout at all. Um, and I mean, that that's a sneaky one because that one poses itself as a prequel when it is actually a remake. So you know, people are not instantly and I, I, would, I, would, I would not be surprised if someone had said the reason it was posed as a prequel was to stop the internet sort of harangue of people going oh no don't remake the thing yeah. uh, oh no guys it's a, it's, a, it's a prequel honest and you go and see that film and it's a remake really it's a remake they've changed some changed some details but that's what it is yeah I, I'll, you know uh, speaking of the Poltergeist remake that is one of the few occasions where if they said, yeah, we're remaking Poltergeist, but it's going to be a shot for shot remake. Yeah. Then I would almost be OK with that. Yeah. Where it's like, OK, that gives you less chance to screw this up. Again, yeah. that falls for me under the it's charming because of when it is and what it was. And, and we, you know, we just recently well, fairly recently did that on Devour and you and I have a much stronger feeling about that film than David does. And I think a lot of that is because of the nostalgia aspect of it, mm-hmm. but that's exactly why I love it so much. And so to see someone attempt to bring that into the modern, when I just don't see anything wrong with the way it is now, it's not like it has clunky effects. It's not like it has bad performances. It's not like it looks bad. I mean, Spielberg made <laughs> an amazing <laughs> film to begin with. There's just no reason to do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's... and yes, I know what I said, people. <laughs> yeah, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> we know what you did um, <laughs> with your talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like, we'll just we'll just work our ways around. Obviously, Bo's giving us some final thought there. Um, Jamie, do you have any final thoughts to do with with it? Um, you know, with remakes in general, anything that you want our listeners to take away from this conversation? No, I'm, I think Bo pretty much hit it. Is that, um, and what we've, you know, what we have come up with from our discussion, I, I think, is that there are a lot of good remakes out there that people don't always focus on because they always want to focus on they they immediately jump to the bad and the things that piss them off. But there are a lot of really good ones, and uh, sometimes if it if it's if it's done for the right reasons, then it can be a very successful and enjoyable film. So I, I have gotten to the point where I no longer just immediately go, blah, remake, you know, uh, depending on what it is. You know, if yeah. it was Jaws, then I'm angry. Um, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no way around that because I just can't see any version, any new version of Jaws being anything other than Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. And, and I just, I don't think what, I don't think CGI Sharks is what that movie needs. And I know that's exactly what they would do with it. So, you know, that and that one makes me angry. Other than that, well, okay, and Poltergeist. Other than that, I'm I'm pretty much open until I see it, you know, and then I reserve the right to to hate it as much as I choose. But I try to keep an open mind about them these days because sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised, like with Evil Dead and Maniac. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. What about you, Mark? Anything you want people to take away from this conversation today to do with, with remakes? 
I, I would definitely echo the, sen- the sentiment that uh, you should try as hard as it is, and especially if it's a remake, it's really fucking hard. But try and go into a movie with an open mind, because if you don't, you're going to be missing on some cool stuff. But uh, I, I would love to see a lot more original stuff and less, you know, less remakes, reboots, reimaginings. But I don't think that's the way that Hollywood works. So, yeah. Anyway, that's well, all. I- yeah, I'm I'm, pre- I'm pretty much the same. I think that that um, from this conversation, we proved that it can be done right. We proved that even now, even as of last year, it can still be done right. It just depends how much care and attention is given to the product. Um, and I think you know overall, if if you know the right people are selected with the right film company that doesn't interfere too much or the executives don't put a particular spin on what they want um and you know filmmakers with a vision are allowed the option to actually to put that vision over um you know things can happen and you know in a way which will all you know as horror fans we might not necessarily like it but we can appreciate it um if it's done as a quick kind of smash and grab for the pennies that you've worked very hard for, um, you know, solely to get your your arse in a chair to see something on the on on the cinema like a Friday the Thirteenth, which is a great example of that. You know, the, I think what they forget is that horror fans talk and horror fans recommend and horror fans, you know, are especially now more than ever with podcasts and community pages and all the rest. We converse, um, and if a film is is pretty bad and it's opening night the internet knows about it the next day and it puts people off going. So all, all we're asking, all we're asking is just a bit of care and attention given to the films which we hold very close to our heart and at the same time hold with a lot of care and attention. If they can do that, brilliant. Um, unfortunately, if they keep doing things like the majority of them keep doing, then, you know, there's only so much of that you can do before people will stop going altogether. Um, well, I, this has been a fantastic conversation. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed getting a chance to chat to all my guests, and you heard where their podcasts are at the start of this uh, discussion. Um, so you should be checking out all their stuff anyway. I, I, it does not have anything to do with the fact that I'm on a couple of those shows. Um, you should be checking them out anyway, because these guys are awesome. And uh, I would just like to thank Bo for coming on. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. And uh, we'll talk uh, again in a week. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be a good show. That's a good lineup. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, and I would like to thank uh, one of my favorite podcasters and the the one that keeps coming back on the show, uh, my my most returning guest of all time, Jamie Jenkins. Thank you again for having me. Yeah, you just can't get rid of me. I'm like a fungus. I can't. I don't want to get rid of you though. I'm not going to the doctor to get it saw. Oh yay! Yay, Um, Mark Ball. Thank you very much, Mark, for joining us. Yeah, this is a lot of fun, man. This is uh, the the rare sober performance on a show by Mark. So I I got you to thank for that, Duncan. You and your crazy time change. (laughs) No problem at all. We'll we'll just thank um, we'll thank time zones for that, and not me. We'll just go with that. (laughs) Um, Ryan unfortunately got kicked off the call his Skype has been a motherfucker to him he wants me to pass on the fact that he has thoroughly enjoyed chatting to both Bo, Jamie and Mark as well as myself um, and uh, yeah this, is, this has been really good I hope you've all enjoyed listening and this is directed 
to the listeners this time. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this first of a roundtable discussion. The next one that comes up will be probably in about two months' time and uh, will be a completely different topic, one I've still to think about. But yeah, thank you very much to my guest hosts. Thank you very much for listening. This is Duncan from the podcast Under the Stairs. Would you like to say goodbye to the listeners, um, all of yous, in your own time? Goodbye to the listeners, all of yous. (laughs) Yeah, goodbye, all of yous. We'll see you again next time. See, Mark Mark did it professionally. There oh, you go. yeah. Duncan's <laughs> always trying to find a way to word it so that I can't repeat what he's saying, but it, I, de- I, I just do the, it anyway. I've decided the next time you're on the show, my, my uh, sentence for you to say goodbye is going to be so lengthy you will have forgotten it by the time I finish. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's nice. the, only way, the only way it's ever going to work. The only way it's going to have to be convoluted. I'm going to have to take like five breaths of air in between. Um, But yeah, thank you very much for listening, folks. Um, But yeah, until then, take care of yourselves and I'll speak to you all very soon. Bye. (laughs)